Welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I am Emily. I'm Travis. I'm Matt. And this is episode 100. Yeah. We did it, folks. Yeah. What did we call this one? Uh, I don't think we came up with a good no, title. Oh no, we did. It was we were gonna call it. We were gonna call it Moronic Possession. <laughs> very <laughs> it's cool. It's very bad magazine. It's, I it's like. It's gonna it. be a little late <laughs> for Spooky Season. A couple days after Spooky Season. This is actually coming out on my 44th birthday. This episode. Oh so my God. technically today, as people are hearing hey, this, it's my birthday. birthday Matt. Happy birthday to Matt! Thank you, Yay. everybody. Wish Matt a happy birthday. Uh, and uh, it's gonna be spooky movies because we're just a little late for Halloween. But right now we're still early for Halloween. Yeah, still early for Halloween. It is Time, not yet Halloween. You know, you don't, I don't think anybody's going to complain. I went to Emily's Halloween party on Friday. Yeah, that Travis didn't go. Travis didn't go. But whatever. I was doing pumpkins. That's also fine. Yeah. It was fun and fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a good party. Um, I'm like still hungover today, two yeah. days later, because fun. I am uh, in my 30s now, and that's just how it goes. And you're just a, just, you're just a drunk. Yep. Just you guys a, were drinking formaldehyde. I made, I made jello shots that were good. They were oh. good. They were they shaped like scary things? Um, they were orange, and I drew little, uh, like little jack lantern faces Ugh. on the cups. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. very that's, cute. That's scary. That's scaring me just hearing about it. <laughs> don't show me the. Don't show. No, God, you just scared me. Jello shots. Pumpkins. Yes. So there's some scary stuff there. But this the real scary stuff is going to be on this podcast. No, the real scary stuff was those apple cracker chips you brought. Oh yeah, they're so fucking gross. Thanks to Will Goss for shipping me a bag, two bags of H E B Thanksgiving stuffing flavored chips and one bag of apple pie flavored potato chips. I bet the stuffing chips are good. They're great. Yeah, well, I've had stuffing chips before. Yeah, they're delicious. Thanks for passing on your gross chips to well, me. <laughs> I, I, I got those, and I was like, I'm going to save these for a party. And, uh, and lo and behold, one presented itself. Yeah. And they were absolutely repellent. So thanks, Will. It's honest. I'm honestly having a hard time wrapping my head around how gross. Like, I mean, I, I, I like, wouldn't. Ideally, an apple chip wouldn't I'd, be a thing. You should know, but like Emily. a dried apple, like a dried apple crisp, like from Trader Joe's, that's probably fine. But it's like a chip. Yeah, with apple flavor. You should bring them here and leave them for the kids gonna, here, because uh, let's see if anybody eats them. Because you know, Leo will eat them, and he'll be like, oh, "Okay, yeah. these are disgusting." He'll just <laughs> He'd be keep like, eating what them. What if we crumble these up into a hot fingy? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Leo's the king of eating disgusting garbage. His his ideas astound me. And I'm I admire him. Yeah, <laughs> Leo, remi- Leo reminds me of this um, Conan O'Brien sketch that I used to have on VHS. Is it the one where Max Weinberg is fucking himself? No, well, I mean <laughs> that, that, everything reminds me of that. <laughs> Max it's, on it's, Max, it's hot stuff. Uh, but this was one where, like, in the early days when I think they had like three writers or something like that. But right. like, and it, it's like, oh, we have all of our fake guests on for this episode, and, and it's like, here's a reel of the guests that didn't work out. And uh, and so one of a, one of the people is like an erotic cake guy, and he's like, "What's this cake?" And he's like, "Ass cake." And he goes, "What does it taste like?" And then and then Conan like takes and he's like, "Taste it." And Conan takes a and takes a bite. And he's like, inferring that it's like tastes yeah. like shit or something. Right. And then it just cuts to uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy Richter, and he's just eating it by the fistful. I think it's great. <laughs> That's comedy right there. That's comedy. Yes, cake. Gross. I still have that, like that guy saying it in that voice in my. It's just like echoing the hallways of your mind. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> like, that's in his memory palace. I can't. There's all these books <laughs> and everything, right? And there's like a, like an elevator with those old brass ass gates. Cake, <laughs> but, cake. but every now and then it just echoes through the the halls. Ass cake. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't know my parents' birthdays, but I know ass cake. <laughs> God, well, that's nothing like the hail mary ass cakes you're gonna get on this podcast. <laughs> Podcast today. <laughs> oh God! Just a few ass cakes here. 
I did want to share that I did go to a Kraken game, and this will be relevant. Oh, those are so fun. I Emily, went to one too this Emily weekend. took me to one once. And I took Matt to one once. Yeah, they are fun. I, for a, it needs to be pointed out that the Kraken are a terrible team. They're, they're terrible. They're, I don't even know how if I could tell if a hockey team was good. They're not that good. Well, they're the not five, good. But also, to be fair, to they score. literally just became a team. They're, yeah, they've only been around for a while, uh, for like three years. Not and, even, and, like two and years. You, and you, and a team when it's this first, is their second year. Th- is this their second year? Mm-hmm. When a team first gets formed, they've got a, honey, uh, a honeymoon period where the people are like, I just, we're just glad that there's a team here, but you're going to pull it together eventually. And I feel like it happened at the end of this game because they got beat 5-1, to one, mm-hmm. and then it was 20 minutes. It was 5-1 to one with 20 minutes left in the game, and it was just 20 minutes of garbage time, and oh. in the end, there were boos. Oh, <laughs> oh no. But, but I, because people were just like, this sucked. But I would uh, like if you've never been to a cracking game before, and I didn't know any of this shit before. before no, it I, rips. Before I it's win. so much fun. They, it is really production valued up to yeah. the nines. Well, it's a brand new ass st- uh, arena that they like redid. For everyone listening out there, redid from the old uh, key arena that used to be <laughs> an old hockey rink. Pl- climate pledge climate arena. Pledge it arena needs the to be pointed game out. Ever. Every we should point out every episode that the state that the uh, arena in Seattle is called Climate Pledge but Arena. To be fair, it's so funny. It, ha- it is like one of the most like sustainable like environmentally. Yeah. They're actually they are doing good. It shit is there, somehow environmentally good. I would say it's, but the, somehow it's all. Also, probably the most expensive fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. thing in our that's, oh, yeah. that's how it's so sustainable is because everything costs a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a, a 16 ounce can of Rainier, fifteen dollars. Okay, my friend, my friend Jim got a uh, twenty ounce, like a twenty four ounce twisted tea for twenty dollars. Actually, Jesus Christ. That's like that's like a little under a dollar an find, ounce. I couldn't find a normal corn dog, so I ended up getting a peanut butter and jelly corn dog from a place that what? that that I had to scan my card and then I just walked out. Oh yeah, they got those. So that was an experience. But the I mean, it and was. Then, and then it turned out you had to take out a loan to pay for the corn yeah, dog. Yeah, I'm still paying it off today. Well, the, now Joe Biden will get your 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 <laughs> corn dog debt. <laughs> but uh, that's Bidenomics for yeah, you. Bidenomics but for you. it is it's a it's a fun time. My my dad has season tickets, so we we have like really good seats for like ever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. But it's real fun. but it's yeah, we were in the nosebleeds of course cuz that's the only thing you can afford. The tickets are extremely expensive. Uh and then so there's like TVs out and I didn't know how any of this shit goes. They they project stuff onto the uh onto the ice. The yeah. whole thing is like a screen, and so they do this whole run-up thing where there's this immaculately produced video where there's like sailors bracing for the nightmare <laughs> of the, the Kraken. Kraken. The Kraken's gonna come take us down. Release. They, they, yeah, they do up all this maritime themes and stuff like that, uh-huh. and then the Kraken, they're like a thing shrouded in, uh, like uh, sh- black sheets. Sheets, because you're like, what Coat is rack. it? I don't know, but it's huge. And then the, and then you see the ice like cracking and shatter and it's the whole the whole it's ice cool. break. It's a whole it's fucking, fucking thing. And I was just like, yeah. holy shit! And like all the noises are really loud and like all these, you get bombarded with all these like state of the state of the art effects and stuff. And then the curtains pull up and you see this giant like neon cracking mm-hmm. symbol thing. And then they go and you're like, fuck! And I was like, I had no idea that it was this kind of dorkiness. <laughs> was like, well, so when, you go, when you go all the time, do you like skip the beginning now? Because you're sick of it? Um, I, is it like, you could never get no. sick of it. like, I don't want to, I'm going to get to the movie 10 minutes late, I don't want to see the Nicole Kidman thing. <laughs> the, the last time I did want to skip it, but then Nick and uh, our friend Jem was like, no, 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 we got we to gotta see it. So we, we like peeked <laughs> it's in. It's great. But I found out um, that the, the co-owner of the Kraken is none other than Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, which ex- Which explains all. Like, it, who's, like, wait, who's Jerry Bruckheimer? He, he's producer of Top Gun. 
John, John Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer okay. produced Armageddon, you know? Cool. More, more importantly, the Wait, Pirates of the Caribbean. No, Pirates of the Caribbean, where yeah. the ter- term Release the Kraken came from. I believe the Release the Kraken actually did not come from Pirates of the Caribbean, it but... Pre- predates that? No. Huh? I believe Release the Kraken comes from the Clash of the Titans remake. Whoa. Well, Jerry Bruckheimer bought it. At any rate. Do you yeah. think no one has ever said release the Kraken before that? But nope. wait, like, why would you release? I just think that release the Kraken entered, entered the pop culture lexicon because of. Yeah. Pir- yeah. Pirates of the oh, Caribbean. Clash of the No, Titans. because of Clash, Clash of the Titans. Titans. <laughs> also, the, like, the whole stadium, like, turns into, like, an Alexa at one point. Did you remember that? Did you see that part? They're like, Alexa. And then the he stadium, like, <laughs> lights up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, tell your fans to clap or whatever, you know. It's like, if you it, ever want to see what, fun a, thing. what a sporting event produced by Jerry Bruckheimer looks like, that, yeah. my friends, is what it is. It's fun, but uh, go to, like, Aussies or, like, another bar around the area first and, like, get pre-game, pre-game for don't, sure. Don't ever buy. But I, buy what you're, let yourself buy, like, one expensive beer to get to, like, to keep your buzz to going. Get through, to get through it. It's also just very funny watching all this to do all this like expensive production yeah. value and stuff and then and then the team just fucking sucks well we've wanted a <laughs> hockey they team they for sucked. a really long time i'm i mean it's literally they just started their second year we have not <laughs> don't make excuses really for the time. kraken um all the kraken i've seen them win a bunch last year wow i would so, i would like to go to another game it, it's super fun yeah save your money yeah Maybe I'll invite you guys if we're lucky. Ooh. You're nice to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that writes that off right away. We can't do that. As, can't soon, nice as, I sh- as soon as I shared that I went to a Kraken game, like uh, several people hit me up on Twitter and were like, I got tickets if you want them. I'm not going to those games. Wow. Really? Honestly, <laughs> Travis, I don't, going, Please take I don't my think they're as bad as you're making them out to be. Yeah, was, I just saw the one game. <laughs> I just saw the one game and they were terrible. That's true. The game that I went to, we, we won. won in overtime. Yeah. yeah. And we just tied the last game I saw at like six to six or something like that. This game, people... People would cheer if they passed to each other successfully. The, the most important thing to, for me was that um, I had never been to a to a hockey game like IRL. I've seen hockey t- on TV and it's boring, but hockey like live is really yeah. exciting. You Gets hear you people pumped. they smash each other. Yeah, they it's really punch fun. each other. I didn't yeah. get to see any fights, but everybody is p- praying for a fight to happen. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's like, the most exciting part. Yeah. And then when they get a goal, the, they're like, there's like a siren that happens. Yeah, it's like soccer. People really flip out. And uh, and it is total 100% legal to take your skate off and cut someone's throat. With yeah, you it. can just, just the only sport, throw. only sport where you can cut someone's throat, and you can just get thrown in the penalty box for like five minutes. And they go through five, go- five minutes, they go though. through goalies left and right because whenever the goalie loses, he's unmasked and killed on the rink. Yeah, and people <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. they project. Like, they actually project nuts. it up yeah. on the big screen. Yeah, but like, there's not nobody's really good at goalies because they've all been killed. So it's just they they just keep yeah, throwing people out. Well, that's that they how just that's how Seattle is solving its unhoused problem. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> that's that's gonna be Mayor Bruce Harrell's next initiative is to turn all the people who don't have housing into goalies for the Kraken. <laughs> three, of, oh, no. three of which get summarily executed each game. Each game, even if we win. That's like the plot of a horror movie. Oh, dun, dun, dun. so you've got three sort of religious-based possession-ish movies. Christ, like happening a religious, today. yeah. If you were Satan if you were to find these in the store in Scarecrow, you may find them in the Christ exploitation section. That's yep, right. all three of them. And this is one of my least favorite genres in all of horror. Yes, and we do have three quite boring movies on yeah. deck today. Uh, there's th- yes, one of these movies, and I think Emily is going to be arguing on behalf of it. I think is a bad movie, but is something. It is something else. I'm going to be arguing on behalf of another movie that is a bad movie that is also very amusing <laughs> to me. And uh, I am not yeah. going to argue on behalf of the other movie. <laughs> and I don't think anybody. I don't will. think any of us no, will. No, no one will. <laughs> 
but we were going to do a movie called The Unholy from 1988, which I did watch and was fun. I've never seen that one. Yeah, it looks fun. It was amusing. Um, very, very late 80s. It had like a very uh, giallo-y, like Italian what vibe. What year was that one? 88. Oh. Uh, Is that why we switched to Lost Souls? Just because it was more time. I mean that that occurred when I stopped watching it. The thing I was watching on like recommended Lost Souls to me, and I was like, oh, that would have been a better one to do because it's in the time period and they're right next to each other. And I think so it's appropriate. I yeah. was I, I didn't have anything to do the rest of that night, so I watched that anyway, and it was like, oh, this is terrible. We got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> these are all the same kind of movie. Whereas yeah. the unholy, or the the unholy, would have been kind of like stuck out. Yeah, it would have stuck out. So we changed it. So now we're gonna do instead. We're gonna do. Uh, 1999's Stigmata, 1999's End of Days, oh, man. and 2000's, and the replacement title here, Lost Souls. Lost Souls, the, one of the most forgotten movies out there. I have already forgotten it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And which is good, because yeah, we're going to so. get to it last. Not, not unjustly forgotten Lost Souls. I watched all three of these movies around the same time in 2019. So I get to I get to have the dubious honor of being the only person in history to watch Lost Souls twice. No, I've seen it before. <laughs> and Matt, of course, but Matt doesn't count. Yeah. Matt doesn't count. Nope. Um, I've seen Lost Souls this one time. I've seen End of Days twice this year, and I've seen Stigmata a bunch when I was younger. And now. Stigmata was a big hit. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, well, that's the first one we're going to do, so let's talk about Stigmata. 1999 Stigmata from director uh, Rupert Wainwright, the I believe. The guy who directed another favorite, uh, Blank Check. Blank Check, yeah. Well, and I the, think he's the remake of The Fog. That's Which right. I didn't even know was a thing. I think yeah. he's most famous for directing, of course. Stigmata. Say it with me. MC Hammers, you can't touch this vi- music video. Yeah. And MC Hammers, too legit to quit music videos. <laughs> Say it with me. He also, it did, with um, me. he also did the 911 as a joke video. Wow. That's a great video. Yeah. That's a very funny for a public. For public and I believe, he, I believe he did straight out of Compton, but I'm not positive about wow, that. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Much more successful as a music video director, as far as I'm concerned. Just go, wa- just go watch the spectacular opulence that is. You can't touch. You this. can definitely see his music video directorial vibe. Oh yeah, it's in like this it's movie. like the only thing this. It's like it's like the people that made the movie was like make it look like something the kids will watch. We have a very deep laceration here. Both wounds are identical, the same size, same shape. You think I did this? What's happening in your life, Frankie? It is some sort of attack. Wrists are bandaged. We're investigating this one. Miss Page, I travel around the world investigating miracles. Do you know what the stigmata are? Five wounds. His back was scourged by whips. There were nails driven through his hands and feet. Only deeply devoted people have been afflicted. These wounds. Which church do you attend? I don't go to church. All stigmatics suffer the most intense demonic attacks. I wrote that. It's a form of Aramaic that hasn't been used for 1900 years. Problem is what it says. And yeah. guess what? I fucking ate it up. I thought it was so, so cool. When How I, old were you when this came out? When this came out, I was nine, but I didn't watch it until <laughs> I was 12. Okay. And me and Keegan had this on fucking repeat. Uh-huh. And her, it was like one of the DVDs she owned uh, in addition did to you, like the ring, find, Rose uh, Red, and like Out Cold. So, did you find Patricia Arquette's sort of lifestyle in this movie aspirational? Yeah. I bet you did. Dude, yeah. she was so cool. And yeah, yeah. even now when I watch it, she's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I love her. Oh, she's I mean, hellbound. I do love her. She's hellbound, though. She lives but she, like, like, smokes cigarettes like, and wears cool clothes. 
like a 12 year old like Y2K dream girl like all of her air chairs all of her cool ass gorgeous all of her candles and her cool hair and her she works at a salon and she goes partying with Uh her friends her her (laughs) apartment that is the size of a cathedral but is still is still grungy yeah it's a little dirty yeah Yeah. it's great this now this felt like watching this I was like oh man this is very this is maybe the most 90s movie ever and I was like when did this come out like 94 no it's like at the tail end it's very Y2K and I was like I feel like it exists in such a like a weirdly Y2K spot where it's like the hair and the make it's all just like such a such a vibe it's like Disney's the 90s the ride sort of thing like real all the cultural signifiers and stuff like I that. I saw this. I was a senior in college when this came out, and I was just, like, I thought this was ridiculous. I was a, I was a full-on <laughs> movie snob when this came out because I remember my brother was like, "Have you seen Stigmata? Fucking best movie of the year." It's like, I'm not gonna watch that trash, sir. <laughs> sir, no, thank the you. The monocle just flew right off here. <laughs> I'm enj- I'm appreciating the works of Bergman. Yeah. It's like, did you see that tweet over the weekend where the guy was the guy was saying, I think all the people that gave Black Adam bad reviews are the kinds of people that, that drink that sip wine and listen to fancy music. That's what oh, I do. Oh, fancy music? Love fancy music. <laughs> What's fancy music? That's you, yeah. <laughs> like uh Jazz. Mendelssohn. Oh, jazz. Yeah, Mendelssohn. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Brahms. Mendelssohn. It's Brahms. Brahms. Of course it's Brahms. If I'm gonna rank the classics, it's Mendelssohn, Brahms. Uh, MC Hammer. <laughs> MC Hammer. Honestly, this was probably the coolest movie I had seen in my life when it I is, watched it. Is, it. it is one of those movies that- Because if I was 12, like, what other cool shit like this was I watching Phantom Menace? Yet? No. <laughs> in 1999? Come on. <laughs> that so cool. I mean, this and The Ring were the, were the yeah. coolest shits that I was watching. But this is so much more pizzazzy and, and stylish than The Ring. The, the, the Ring's vibe. so drab. The, the I don't agree. Great. No, The Ring no, is I mean, awesome. Like, nobody's cool. Nobody is dressed cool in The Ring. No, no. Oh. Style-wise, The Ring is not, but The Ring is very, very good. Yeah. Um, but Stigmata is, yeah, like, everyone has cool outfits, like... It, it rains a lot, but it's like cool. It's movie rain. <laughs> it's, it's sunshine rain all the time. Yeah. Tony Scott rain and Billy Corgan. Yeah, and <laughs> Billy Corgan did the music. Yeah, and you can tell that uh, that they were like, uh, "Well, make it make it look like let's seven this by about forty percent." <laughs> yeah, oh, it's very seventy. I mean, it's all the stuff they do the it pauses looks... and the slow mo sometimes, and like, yeah, yeah. it looks Watching... like a, a retrospective of all the '90s stylists. Too. Oh yeah, it's like give us a little Tony Scott, give us a little Adrian Lin, give us a little uh, yeah. Michael Bay, give us all the the stuff. One of the things that I've been that I've had fun with watching a lot of the '90s thrillers from for this podcast is how many of them post '94 or so are like just desperate to get a seven opening credit sequence going <laughs> you know like a lot of blippy like editing yeah. with like the yeah. credits sort of moving around the screen is, and they all look like shit yeah devastatingly influential <laughs> yeah seven. really uh, this one starts out with that s- that whatever happened to mary song <laughs> oh no that's right it's chumba wumba it's Chumba Wumba. Chumba motherfucking Wumba. Chumba oh motherfucking Wumba. And, and to give you an idea of just this sort of like. This is a song that reminds me of the bad times. And it's Absolutely. Fucking, <laughs> and it's fucking Patricia Arquette just like walking and smoking her cigarette and her like fur lined, just like vintage jacket. I love and that. Like, Al- Alabama, Alabama has gone to pot in this movie. Dude, Whirly <laughs> is cool. Yeah. And she, her hair is all like twisted in little buns. I was telling Travis, I was like, should I like put my hair in those buns to come record the podcast? But then I was too tired because I'm still hungover. And that's why I don't have my hair in buns. Yeah. Yeah, and that's too also tired. Travis. Okay. Too tired. For that reason. Well, we can pretend that the headphones are buns. Hey. In the industry, they call headphones cans. They do call them cans. That's weird. And that's what we should call them. I don't like that at all. Because we're in the industry. <laughs> we're in the industry now, yeah. We're, <laughs> nice we're cans. Your yeah. headphones, nice, they look great. Nice cans. 
Uh, those look like some expensive cans. Excuse me, sir? How much you pay for those cans? <laughs> <laughs> those cans look kind of uncomfortable. Can I adjust your cans? Yeah. I'd like oh, to sit man. on those cans. <laughs> I'd like to put those cans on my head. Okay, guys. Enough now. <laughs> now I, wanna, I decide I where to draw the line. <laughs> now I decide where to draw the line. <laughs> okay, uh, now I'm the captain. But Patty Arquette is living a life of abject Patty, sin. Patty, Patty Arquette? Patty Arquette. She's uh, she's sinful. She's out there having casual sex. She's doing drugs. She's partying. Mm-hmm. She works she's, at a Christ salon. Is, Christ is weeping this whole time. Does she have a, a cool best friend? I don't remember. Yeah, Who's, it's who the plays girl the from, best friend? It's the girl from fucking uh, Nia. Friday. And Nia Long. Oh, yeah. Nia Long. Oh, that's right. And she's also so cool She's in this. very cool. But this Although, movie starts out, though, not with Patricia Arquette, really. It starts out... With the weeping, the blood weeping statues, yes. blood in the weeping Vatican, sa- the BWS, in some village or something, and yeah. uh, we see this Brazil. like vir- Virgin Mary statue weeping blood, which I always thought was like such a cool. So do you do you guys also have like I don't know if this is because I went to Catholic school until I was fourteen. Oh wow! That like also so this came out while I was in Catholic school and Uh-oh. I watched it. And thought Did it, it was feel cool. sinful to watch it? No, it felt fucking badass. To dope. Watch it. Felt dope. Felt dope. Felt liberating. Um, but religious shit like the stigmata or like weeping like statues or like weird creepy Christian and Catholic stuff like has always kind of been my jam to like read about right. and I remember when I was a little kid I had a book <laughs> I had a book of saints and it was it was weirdly it was aimed at kids but it weirdly detailed the deaths of each saint and oh, they usually were like tortured yeah. to death and shit like boiled to death or skinned or like alive. yeah basically Hell or like yeah. eaten by lions you know attached to weird like torture wheels or like burnt to death or whatever and I like loved that book. Yeah. That's your favorite part? Yeah. It definitely was my favorite part. Anyways, do, That's you, why do you guys feel that way? Mm. <laughs> I, I, would, I wanted to point out just in case I forget when, when we get to it but there's a, a very funny thing that happens in this. There's not much to this. This is a style, a stylistic exercise above everything else. Yeah, it's quite long for the fact that there's almost no narrative to yeah. it at all. It's just uh, Patty Arquette gets the uh, crucifix of a of a her mom finds it for her. A, ble- her. a blessed, yeah. Her mom finds it. While her she's mom like sends her a bunch of cool gifts, and she's. Like, <laughs> I was traveling around in a weird village in Brazil. Yeah, I bought this thing for you. Bought a rosary, mm-hmm. but it belonged to Father Alameda, who is like this fa- this extremely holy man who discovered this lost uh, passage Gos- of the Bible that was yeah. written by Jesus Christ the himself. The gospel of Jesus, the closest thing to Jesus is true words mm-hmm. that would be in the Bible. And the people that have this crucifix have the stigmata done at them. And so that's what happens to Patty Arquette's. Which is which is bizarre because the stig- stigmatics are usually like super like fervently religious, intensely devout people. So the fact that not hipsters. Patricia Arquette would get the stigmata is what's really troubling good old uh Gabriel Burns. Yeah, Gabriel Burns. Who's on yeah. the case. You definitely don't sexy, have the stigmata. Sexy father. I thought you might have the stigmata, but it turned out you're a hipster lady, so no way. Goodbye. <laughs> End of story. Let me intimately check your wounds at this coffee shop. <laughs> that part was like Oof. like reaching over and like peeking under the weird like this movie is I can't get the vibe and I'm like how do I feel about this like is Well it this seems horny? like it did a real number on you. I think it did. That's I, good. You know what's cool though is that I was like oh it's going to suck if I rewatch this and I think it's bad because I like remember really loving it mm-hmm. and I still loved it so yeah. That's, yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, good some, for me, right? That, that kind of that kind of uh, memory can be that sense memory can really be powerful. I mean, I know yeah. I, I have had, I have it for movies all the time. Stuff I'm that I so like, up stuff that you. I know is bad, that but that I loved as a kid, I'll still watch it now and go like, I can see why this is so popular. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, but basically, like what happens is they uh, uh, there's and also the Catholic Church. Jonathan Price is the head of like basically the yeah. evil the evil uh, corporate side of the Catholic Church that is suppressing the true word of Christ that is contained in this lost uh, document. And basically, what Jesus Christ says in this lost document, and this is what we find out at the end, and this is why is the Catholic the, Church God is, is in to all of us. us. God is in all of us. You don't need the Catholic the apparatus of the Catholic Church. Yeah, all, like incredibly transcendent schools of thought that were discovered. 550 years ago by a guy named Martin Luther, mm-hmm. and it was a fairly huge part of history. <laughs> yeah, it's not like anybody. It's not Everybody, like nobody ever found out about this, this stuff. One. Already yeah, happened. because this yeah. is the stuff that made all the the nuns and shit like freak out because they're like, we thought we were the special right. ones, and then when they were like. And oh, then the convents everybody. are like, why do convents exist now if we are not special? And it was a whole huge fucking thing. Exactly. There's other movies you can watch about huge, that. The yeah. Reformation was a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> Turns uh, out. So this movie's got I discovered Lutherans vibes. Uh, vibe yeah, 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 yeah. That is pretty wonderful. <laughs> I've discovered. I've created Lutherans. Why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> why am I so fat? <laughs> I love that. A little more some Simpsons for you today, people. So it's like all all three of these movies are incredibly stupid as far as that sort of stuff is concerned. Because like, with possibly the exception of End of Days, I mean, none of these movies are particularly interested in like the subject matter of I don't <laughs> what's, know, gothic. What's End of Days interested in? Who knows? All, all I know about End of Days they, is that Schwarzenegger brought his own priest in to kind of like <laughs> sanctify the whole thing. Up. I love yeah. that. Um, no, they <laughs> they use this religious stuff as a kind of a launching pad to yeah. be to be like. In your face, like kind of spooky, ooky, like cool, edgy. Kind of spooky, spooky ooky, ooky, cool, edgy. It's cool, edgy, but in the end, is very square. Uh, it's that was a one wheel of fortune the other day. Spooky, spooky ooky, cool, cool, edgy. edgy. They, they didn't get it wrong, <laughs> or didn't get it right. Sorry, they it's blew like it. Patty, Patty, uh, our cat's drinking and partying, but the, at the end, she discovers holiness and the and the Christ child or whatever is in all of us and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, it's, like, edgy up to a point where it's kind of like, also, Christ is good. <laughs> you know, so there's, like... At the end, like, ah, wow. So Dark. she, um... Her, the first thing that happens to her is her, her the wrist marks. But so what we are familiar with is being the classic stigmata. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's, like, in the bathtub with her thousands of candles that she lights all the time, and it's I'm just like, tedious. this bitch loves her candles, and I love that. <laughs> it made me want to light all the candles in my house. <laughs> Um, so, so, I, so I lit though. my pumpkin spice scented candle and I continue to watch. Um, <laughs> and she all of a sudden like is pulled down into the bathtub and freaks out and her wrists are bloody. And then she, she there's a hospital scene and she's like, well, what the fuck? And everyone is like, oh. everyone thinks she's crazy or she's doing it to herself. Or she has epilepsy or whatever. Yeah. And she even starts losing clients because of it. Yeah. Because she's a hairdresser. And in one scene, she shows up and they're like, you're booked all the way through the whole day, Patty. This, so you'll be able to afford your gothic cathedral apartment. And then like later on, some stigmata stuff's happened to her. And just like, uh, nobody wants to get their hair cut by you anymore, you crazy lady. She's in the salon and she freaks out and she walks to the window and she sees a woman holding a baby in a red uh, blanket and then the woman drops the baby into traffic and she runs out and is like the baby, the baby, the baby, the baby. There's no fucking baby. Her no fucking it baby, was cans. Idiot. It was full of cans. Cans, ma'am. There were cans, ma'am. Her best friend is like, there was no baby. Like, oh no. Nia's, so she's Nia's like hallucinating. Get, uh, tired of this shit. Nia's like, we used to just like go to raves, and now let's go to raves. And now we used to go to raves and run our best friend's salon, and now you're acting crazy. <laughs> we used to run this town, and now you're pulling this shit on me. 
but like it's it, the <clears throat> Gabriel Byrne finally gets called into it. So okay, she gets the 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 wrist part of the stigma. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she's on the subway. Ooh. And uh, and then uh, and this is where you get Phase Two. There's we, two good subway freakouts in these movies. So there's a fun one at End of Days. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love a good subway freakout. So she's, uh, yeah, and, she's and on, on this subway. one, like shit starts flipping out and going stylistically crazy. You got strobe lights and music. Billy she, Corgan's music. Yeah, she all of a sudden stands up and walks she, over to these this, air quotes music. This priest or these like nuns and priests. And she's like, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, do you know say? Father Kiernan or something like that? Yeah, she says the name of a specific father. That she's never said father. before. And then she goes like, fuck you or something <laughs> to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, lights flicker. She holds on to the, the, the handles and then she gets the lashes on the side. Yeah, she gets, uh, yeah, she gets whipped, fla- essentially flagellated. And so the priest that she yelled this shit at um, goes all goes to the Vatican. Is shook. <laughs> He's shook by this. He's shooketh. Uh, as anyone would be if you see someone get uh, hey. mystery lashes on their back on the subway. And there's also like they. So Gabriel Byrne's character is the, the struggle within him is of course because he's a scientist and also a man of faith. How can those two sort of things coexist? And at the he same has time? to also be hot. Like and he's and he hot. He's hot. He's and hot he and fucks. horny. Yeah, he fucks. I mean, he doesn't fuck now, but we we do find out later that he has fucked and was probably really good at it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did fuck. I was great at it. Great technique. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so he, like basically he's the chief um, science. Science, Vatican science, science investigator of possessions and stuff. Even though every time he finds one, the Vatican's like, "Good, we don't, we're not interested. Get out of there." It's frustrating to watch. Get the hell out of there! But I think that this is the real. No, get out. Go away. Leave it alone. Uh, we don't actually want to find out any of these things. And so they 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 present him with this new one that's like this lady is free, having freakouts on subways, and he's like, "I don't want to go check this one out. That's this sounds like it's stupid." And they're like, "Go anyways." And so he shows up. He shows up at her salon, uh, at her salon and gets a haircut, and she's like laying it on. She's just like <laughs> they're like. Mm, hi. Neil Long's like, is she hitting on a priest? <laughs> and he is kind of giving it back, and uh, yeah, they've got they've got a little something. They've something got a vibe. Those. For there's sure. a little spark. There's a little crackling uh, electricity between the two of them. Uh, and she even says something like something like, uh, "It's weird to see a priest that is someone I could date or something like that." Yeah. <sighs> their whole, their whole like ro- uh, so so called romantic relationship in this is very yucky to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's good. <laughs> I want her to fuck the priest. I'm rooting for it's her to fuck Fleabag. the priest. And then I know. And then um, <laughs> there should be parts where Patricia Arquette turns to the camera and is like, I don't know. He's really got. He's really got nothing. <laughs> hey, on he the... made me come six times. <laughs> he's really got nothing on sexy priest. Uh no. And then she's like, you know, it's weird. Once once he introduces her, himself and like says his name, she's like, she's like, oh shit, that's the name I yelled at that guy on the subway. And then she's like, uh, it's weird. I think I've been expecting you. And then they get into it. It's funny how fast he dismisses her. He was like, do you believe in God? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, goodbye. <laughs> and they, then it can't Story be checks out. It can't be, can't be stigmata. Goodbye. But then, well, I uh, mean, if you look at if but judging a book by its cover, you'd be like, well, maybe she is you know, doing this on purpose for some attention. Like, she's, like, an alternative girl. Like, maybe she's, like, self-mutilating. Or they said she had epilepsy. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Epilepsy. She's taking too much of that molly. But at a certain <laughs> but at a certain point, uh, they're having... This is my favorite scene in the in the whole movie. I, I put it up online where... Mm. Uh, because this gives you an idea of what how, how this movie is stylistically as well as... Uh, 
It's just what the movie's like in a nutshell, where they're like having lunch. We come to find out later that the, the big th- through line, the plot structure of this movie is there's five stations of stigmata, right. and it's like nails, lashing, crown of thorns, something else, and pizza. then a pizza, and then uh, and then getting stabbed <laughs> in the side, and that means you die. But yeah. nobody ever gets to that one. They all, you know, it's only the first or like two. <laughs> Nobody's ever gotten this far in the stigmata, and uh, so that's our concern is that she's going to die of this. Yeah, uh, at a certain, and she's concerned about this as well. Um, but at a certain point, they're like at a cafe having uh, lunch, and you can see that they're vibing, but there's no audio. There's no audible dialogue. You see them talking, but you just hear Billy Corgan's lush music playing <laughs> it's over the it. the soothing and sounds it's, and, and of it's all Billy Corgan. And it's all very soothing. There's and lots they, of plants and, and You see plants, and they're like, this is pretty. Oh, they're, and then they're smiling at each other. They, they're getting along, and then it just switches, and you see like mm. shots of like nails being hammered through hands, and she goes like, ah! Ah, and it's quick cuts and like close-ups of stuff of blood gushing and stuff. And th- at this point, she's and there's blood splattering everywhere. And this is the part that she, I think, gets the crowns, uh, the, the the gouges on her forehead mm. to signify the, thro- the crown of thorns. And this is where Gabriel Burns like, oh, oh, even though she is a c- cool hipster gal who has casual sex, now she's got the stigmata going. Yeah, so he and believes I've got to it do now. Something. And, and then uh, stuff happens. Like she she writes a bunch of stuff on her wall. Yeah, and she gets legit possessed in an interesting twist because we're all familiar with these um, these signifiers where like someone has like their eyes go white and they're like, she's not here right now. <laughs> it's someone else. And he's like, oh, tell me who you are. <laughs> and you're like, it's, it's Satan, of course, but it's not. It's actually the soul of that of soul Father of Alameda, priest, yeah. Alameda. Who was, a, who was a good guy. Yeah. But uh, but he's confused or so. his spirit is wandering or some shit. Yeah, I couldn't really figure out why the fact that this why the good priest that was possessing her was doing all this fucked up shit to her. <laughs> yeah, confused. it was kind of rude. <laughs> yeah, that's not a nice. So thing she to writes do. all this shit on her wall, and then uh, F- Father Gabriel Byrne takes pictures of it, and um, then she, she he like comes back the next day, and she's painted over it, and she's like trying to kiss him and stuff and he's like oh he's real close he's real I don't close think you should be doing that and then oh, he's like no. why did you you know why did you paint over it and she's like oh is that all I am to you like oh, whatever about this case and then she starts getting all like super possessy like very creepy red and, like, flag throwing him around the big room big red flag you start up, getting like, thrown into her lockers it's a red I don't flag like it yeah. when a, I don't like it when a girl I'm into gets too possessive and using like weird <laughs> voices and stuff and then they end up like laying down on the bed together and that's when the other priests burst in the room. Oh, no. Uh, busted. They weren't, like, fucking or even kissing or anything like that, but they were, like, intimately laying on the bed together when these guys from the fucking Vatican came into the room. So there's always, these. There's always like, a squad of guys from the Vatican. It's in all three of these Dude, movies. Dude, I hate when squads of guys from the Vatican, like, bust into my apartment. S- I'm like, goals. you guys. <laughs> S- get the goals. fuck out of my apartment. Squad goals, the guys, squad the guys goals. from the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun tweet, just a bunch of pictures of old cardinals. <laughs> squad goals. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, they really know how to fucking ruin a mood. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what were you doing lying with that hipster girl in bed? Uh, exactly like, that, sir. I was trying to save her soul. And all this other sort of Trying stuff. to save her soul from the good priest from for the some reason. I don't know. Possessed I don't know what was going she has on. The crucifix. I got to stop drinking She's when I watch hot. these movies. Uh, but yes, that's, that's what the Vatican, the Vatican knows. And you, you also find out that 
something about how the information only like three people get to read the information from mm-hmm. these things, so nobody knows the full scope. And it's all like the 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 subplot is that the Vatican doesn't want this to get crucial out. information because uh, they're going to they're going to lose money. Fa- the foundation of some major major churches in America. <laughs> uh, this information is going to get out and ruin the Catholic Church again. It's something uh, that apparently is just happening left and right in in, <laughs> in novels and, and movies. Like we can't let this thing that everybody knows come out into the world. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the whole deal with we, we talked about that with the Da Vinci Code stuff too. Oh, like, what do you realize what's going to happen if people hear about this? Nothing. Yeah, nobody's the people just won't believe it, <gasps> or they will. Da, 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 da Vinci Code. Well, if you think about it, there's probably some people, very powerful people with a lot of money that they give toward the church that would be upset if this came out, and then they would lose that money. You know. I suppose so, but it, yeah. But, but this, it's not like they're going to be new, broke. The Catholic nuanced. Church will never lose money. As long as, 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 long as I like get to feast on the blood of children <laughs> to keep myself young, I don't care who's in charge. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. You know, you got to have perspective on these I things. I mean, I need my adrenochrome. Oh, and to find also, I wanted to point out, to find that out that uh, what she wrote on the wall or something happened to be the something that had to do with the gospel of Jesus. There is definitely a hacking scene <coughs> where they're on the, com- where oh, yeah. on the computer and it's like, because you have, cause in 1999 in a movie, no matter what, no matter what it has to do with, you have to include hacking. Yeah. Cause you it's heard of cool. This internet? And it's got some hacking music. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Billy they, they Corgan's can't hacking help music. themselves. They have to include it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the classic hacking music. Yeah. Great. We're in. We're hacking into the Vatican. <laughs> Vatican.vat. They should have like a Vatican, like the Vatican's computers are like old timey computers. They're like an- made out of antique stuff. You're pulling levers and shit <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to type dot com and this it's com- like. <laughs> this computer was built by St. Antoninus. In 500. It was commissioned by Satan himself. <laughs> it's a- It carries AOL. It, <laughs> it's still on dial up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the Welcome. jokes that they could have done. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Vatican. Um, but yes, that, that's but that's minor stuff. It's mostly just Patty Arquette like um, being afflicted and screaming in stylistic. It feels very Highlandery too, Russell Mulcahy ish because okay. it, it'll always be like a scene where she's like ah, and then glasses like like window panes will shatter and like right. f- lightning will strike and yeah, flashing will raining happen. raining and you're like oh man, something very metaphysical is happening here. <laughs> And this, but this is the, this is the crux of the movie. The, each time she has one of these stigmata things done to her, that's the set piece. That's, yeah. these are mm-hmm. the set pieces in the movie that you're that you're looking forward but to. But it, it, it's it, a weird. Premise. It sort of ends up making the movie feel like really like samey. Like it doesn't really. Yeah. The, the 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 story doesn't really go anywhere. It's just like they'll talk for a long time, and then some windows will explode, the and then they'll talk some more. Yeah, it's it's and it's long. It's, it's like an hour long, 45 or something. For the something. kind of thing that it is, it's long. Yeah. Like, once you hear the premise, yeah. you're like, so this is 87 minutes, right? After, like, like, oh, wow. after like an hour 10, you're like, Wrap okay. It up. <laughs> and I love And I love this, obviously. Right. But it's like, I did, th- they give you all the good stuff, and then they're kind of like, all right, so, and we did that. It's like, do you want another shot of her cool apartment with all her fucking air chairs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And yes, the answer with, is yes. With her lockers? Her lockers She's and her lockers. air chairs, her thousands of candles, her big old clawfoot tub. What a life. What a dream. She's got one of those oh classic God. bathrooms, too, where like the clawfoot tub is in the center of this enormous bathroom. You gotta. <laughs> if I get rich, I'm just going to like bring pictures of this, <laughs> this house. She never showers, evidently, because there's no... 
There's no, no showers. There's only no curtaining. Only baths for Patty. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to, wanted to point out that, like, you know, usually when you see this sort of thing in a movie, it takes place in New York or L.A. They're and you're in like, Philadelphia. Yes, the very idea. Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So you're kind of like, yeah. I could see it. <laughs> I could see this hairdresser having this They're apartment cool, in Pittsburgh. They're cool, but not that cool. They're yeah. not. They don't have to be obscenely rich to have something like this. No, she probably clears like forty k a year or something like that. She's, yeah, she's a popular. Which for ninety nine? For ni- yeah, for ninety nine yeah. exactly. I bet her rent is eight hundred dollars a month. I was gonna say like oh, there's no way it's that but high. But it's it's huge. Yeah, you think it's more like six five six hundred in, in Pittsburgh? Six twenty five nineteen ninety nine Pittsburgh. Four thousand square foot apartment. Yeah. Seven hundred, six, six fifty. Concept. Whereas, like, you see Claw the foot tub. Did you watch Kimmy? No. Yeah. The the apartment that she has, it's a set. It's, it's not like, a real place, but like that's got to be three thousand dollars. I would say four to five thousand dollars a month. Yeah, for sure. Jesus Kimmy's Christ. good. I like that movie. Yeah, it's good. All right. So, how does this even? I watched this last night and have seen it millions of times, and I still can't remember how they conclude this. Besides the shot of her and him at this like beautiful estate. At the at the beautiful, it concludes at the estate. Yeah, but how does? It conclude. Um, yeah, the guy, like basically the Opus Day guys or whoever the hell they are, um, show up. Like you've you've had your chance, Gabriel Byrne, but you failed, and you're not doing the suppressing the you're information thing that we want you to do. So they take uh, Patty. Like after they find him in bed together, they take Patty Arquette. They essentially kidnap her, but in their minds, like for her own good. They're going to try thing. to act the, the some of them oh, are trying yeah, to, try exercise to exercise her. her. Yes, and Jonathan Price's, uh, who's kind of basically the bad guy, even though in his brain, what he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of, because really he just he's just trying to suppress this. It's him. It's him and uh, Rade Sarbeja are trying to exercise her. Yeah. Rade, if you don't know the name, you would recognize the guy. Yeah, Roddy Cerbagia. Um, but like, but in the end, Jonathan Price's idea of exercising her is choking her. Yeah, and he's got yeah, her. He's, he's got to her kill in the her. Bed. He's bad priest. <laughs> he's bad priest. And and this is um, where you get one of those, like the way that this is edited is kind of obnoxious. Like this happens in movies all the time. Well, it's certainly not it's this one. It's kind of confusing anyway. But yeah. Yes, where like Gabriel Burns running to catch her, running to save her, and Jonathan Price is choking her in bed, and it's just like the timing. You're like, he, he would have like choked he, her. He, like the t- yeah, exactly. The moment Jonathan Price starts choking her, you see Gabriel Byrne is like three miles away, and he's on foot. But yeah. at the you know? same time, apparently. Um, it takes it? like a lot longer to suffocate and choke someone to death if than it does possessed. in the movies, and I'm not telling you how I know. This movie's that. just real. <laughs> this movie's just very, very realistic. <laughs> well, then, but like, then he gets there and he's like, it's kind of like they do an exorcist thing where he's like, "Coming to me!" Like he he wants yeah. to, he wants the the good priest spirit to to he can be the messenger, and then so it leaves Patricia Arquette, and that's sort of the end of the movie. So does it go into him? I don't remember. The end of the it end, no, the movie it, ends with like a beautiful like there are like. She likes. Also, there's all these like pigeons and shit throughout. He like the walks whole through. Thing. He walks through this fire. Yeah, she starts a fire. Like a fire starts going up, and he basically walks through the fire. And as it goes, Father Almeida, you're a great and holy man, but what you're doing to this lady is is bush league. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Psych out shit. It's laughable man. <laughs> it's sus. What you're doing to this lady is sus. <laughs> very sus. It's, it's very sus. sus. And you can sort of see like through her face, like Father Alameda kind of going like, Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ah, uh, I'll get out of here. Yeah, I think that it just like the the spirit leaves her, and uh, then and that's it. In the end, they find the documents. Yeah, yeah and Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, it's like the it's like the end of the Rock. Yeah, <laughs> where it, <laughs> yeah. it ends at a remote church, and like fun wacky documents have been yeah, discovered. And, and but she's Gabriel like, Byrne like picks her up and yeah, carries her. She's out, wrapped and they in kiss. a white sheet, and then uh, the, she sees like a 
pigeon slash dove. Yes, it's the thing with her pigeons. And then it like lands on her, and then she kind of just like walks off, and uh, it pans out. And then I guess she's event. gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to actually go back and watch this again. I was like, oh, I, well, was I she guess okay? we just have to All assume right. she's, she's okay. gonna be fine. I also think that it's uh, it's not heavily implied, but I think that they're probably gonna hook up. Yeah. Because at this point he's They've learned, he's learned that the church uh, that he's devoted his chastity to is maybe not is maybe a little dubious, and mm-hmm. that and that he's never heard of these concepts of not, you know, worshiping Christ through the yeah. Catholic Church. Um, so so he's just like been turned on to these to Protestantism all of a sudden. He's like, well, maybe then I can hook up, and they kiss on the lips. I don't know. Which, you, know. you don't see them like together or getting married or anything like that. It's getting married. Marriage. Stigmata too. And it's like a hipster wedding, and he's got an earring now. Like he's become a hipster right. too. That would be awesome. He's got a mohawk. No, he gets his nipples pierced because remember she, <laughs> she does, does that. She something. says that earlier. Paul Oakenfold is the trim? DJ you at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Everybody's dressed like prodigy. <laughs> Very cool. He's got the prodigy guy here. Yeah, he's got the prodigy here. Keith Flint. It's very Smack My Bitch Up themed. <laughs> they walk down the aisle to Smack My Bitch Up. <laughs> wow. Or fire. They could do Firestarter because she did start some fires. Mind control. <laughs> got to get to Dusseldorf to see Kraftwerk. <laughs> Don Centrum and Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. Sorry, Emily. Uh, but yes, that would be great if they had a hipster wedding. But no, it, it does cut back to them finding this gospel that's like, hey, uh, maybe you don't need the church, uh, the Catholic Church's uh, structures to worship Christ or whatever. Yeah, it's, you don't um, need pe- you don't need people who are holier than you to is, to be to go to heaven exactly. or whatever. The, the kingdom of God is all around you. Split a piece of wood and I am there. Lift a stone and you will find me. This is what the it's pretty good lyrics said all the time. Billy Corgan wrote it. Mm-hmm. And then the movie goes out on a Natalie Imbruglia song. Hell yeah, dog. You better believe it. We didn't even mention that uh, Portia de Rossi is in this. Oh, yeah. she's She works at the salon, right? And Patrick Muldoon she's is like the this rumor dude girl. that she's She into. talks about gossip and stuff. Yeah. Patrick Muldoon from Starship Troopers is in it. Um, Enrico Colatoni is one of the priests. Enrico Palazzo? Yeah. From from like he's the dad on Veronica Mars, and uh, he was he's the he's the fun, nice alien in Galaxy Quest, you know, the one that... Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, That's yeah. right. <laughs> I, I like that guy. You'd recognize him. Yeah. He's in tons of stuff. <laughs> He's the fun, nice He's alien. The fun, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, this is a stupid movie. It's very stupid. <laughs> I it's like all, this movie. It's all style. It was, it wasn't, I wasn't bored, but I was like, God, jeez. Well, I loved it, and, and I am happy to represent all of you listeners out there who also may... Yeah, have, I mean, have childhood nostalgia I, for this movie. I know or so many people who swear by this one. I mean, I yeah. just—it's just one of those things that people loved it when it came out. It was—it made it, yeah. it cost twenty, made eighty, something like Very, that. Yeah, hit, I think it like triple, it like tripled its budget. Yeah, basically. big hit, big hit movie. Yeah, pretty wild. I mean, what a weird time. What a wild! What a wild! What a wild! Um, this this the, this happens in all these movies, of course, and in some ways it's necessary. But like the way that you do this exposition, mm-hmm. there's clunkier ways than not. Um, and uh, there's parts of it where 
there, in, all, in all three of these movies, there's a scene where like a bunch of religious guys are in a big room saying, saying like, the church says this. Well, we must do this. Yeah, it's, Say, well, it's, saying uh, stuff that they surely would all know. Yeah. Like Gabriel Byrne is talking to like a higher ranking guy in yeah. in the church, the general, the the general of the church, who's who's like his buddy. Yeah, and he's going like. Uh, Telling him like actually all the all the gospels were written a hundred year a couple hundred years after Jesus died and then Gabriel Byrne goes so there's no one gospel of Jesus's actual words he's like dude how, you made the priesthood yeah <laughs> like you're so far along in this thing to like not have that vital piece of information he cheated all his papers are cribbed off Wikipedia do people didn't... know about this shit do people know about this shit it's yeah. like yeah people have known about this shit for he never a he long never time. he never did the reading in priest school. <laughs> Yeah, would you like a would you like a haircut or a manicure? Maybe you'd like to have your nipples pierced. That's fun. Um, this is this is like a, another one of those like fun um, like fun like sometimes movies like this are just delivering factoids that maybe you didn't know. And is mm-hmm. that fun? Um, where like cause she keeps getting the stigmata on the the wrist, and everybody always knows that Christ got nailed through his hands, mm-hmm. right? And then. Uh, and then, but the, but Gabriel Byrne goes like, no, actually, when they crucified people, they go went through the wrist because if you went through the hand, you'd It'd like pull, rip right through. It'd rip right through. It's not, isn't that interesting? And then uh, Patty Arquette goes like, so, so you're telling me that every statue, every painting, every crucifix in the whole world is wrong? Yeah. And she's just devastated by this information <laughs> that these arcane works of art can be scientifically incorrect. And he's like, they're not wrong. They're what does he say? Inaccurate. He's like, yeah, say, he basically like says like they're interpretive or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, it's very. It's, it's the Herzogian really... ecstatic truth. <laughs> Thank you. It's really stupid. What kind of scientist is a priest, anyways? That's the whole dichotomy in his life. Uh, this is a Just, deep. Jeez, uh, sorry. A deep, <laughs> deep, <laughs> sorry. This is a deep conversation that they're having together. This is before. This is when they're at, at that cafe. Um, before she she has another one of her patented stigmata freakouts, <laughs> and uh, and he's go and he's talking about like why he fell in love with the church and he's all these elements swirling together and then just all of a sudden all of a sudden there is life, living things like lilac and hedgehogs and snails and then she interrupts and goes, beer and cheesecake. <laughs> oh, and then he's like, did you know that monks created alcohol? She's like, everyone knows that. She's oh, also, I love him. She's I love also, him. She was also like maybe not following him because those were living things and beer and cheesecake are not alive. He says li- living things like lilac, hedgehogs, and snails. God bless her. Beer and not cheesecake. the brightest. Woof. <laughs> she is, that's true. There's, she's not at any point uh, described as an intelligent person. In and she doesn't, she doesn't try to hide it. And then he says, did you know that the monks invented alcohol? And she's like, yeah, everybody knows that. And he's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> everybody knows that that's not true. Uh, I don't know. It's it's full of this dumb shit like that. It's just it's a stupid movie. Uh, but it is like like we just like stylistic excess, all kinds of like fun '90s fashion. We didn't bring up Patty Arquette's. Did we bring up Cat, Patty Arquette's fun like bulbous? Oh, her huge like neon green, green ring. That was that that's rad. Oh, man, I love yeah. it. I love that thing. She's got and, and it's the same color as her inflatable chair in that's her gothic so apartment. Good. One of her inflatable chairs. And this is when she is um. When she's, I don't know, who's she supposed to be possessed with then when she's being like all sexual to him? I don't know. Is the good I priest trying to like get it on with Gabriel horny. Byrne? Okay, because this is this is what she says when she's try, when she's trying to make it with him. She's like, I know what you're like. Women are dirty little complications. Oh, you're so proud of your church, your church of virgins and eunuchs. And then she starts tossing him around. I How's guess this your is faith these days. This is Father, Father Almeida doing this. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure this out. I, I think it's just like him 
testing the faith of the dude. I don't know if it's like I don't yeah. know if Father Almeida wants to fuck, but <laughs> I like to think so. I, I like to think so. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. I was lost. He I wants was to lost. found a church of fucking. Oof. I envisioned a church of fucking built on a hill, built on a shining hill of fucking. There's a delight concert every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. The spin <laughs> doctors will be there. <laughs> it sounds the spin appropriate. Doctors. Absolutely. There will be two princes. The sneaker pimps, the, the spin doctors. Prince and Tricky. And Tricky will all be there. It'll basically be like Lollapalooza. <laughs> Pre-millennium tension. That, that is uh, a thing <laughs> yeah. that does come up, in, uh, particularly the next movie that we're going to talk about. Yep. Uh, but for this one, let's get to ratings. Oh, i got to go two Judds. It's just... It's all style and it's bad style. It's like a, a thing that I'm glad we left behind. Other people's, <laughs> it's it's he's lifting other people's styles. Yeah, um, and it's just it's nonsensical and it's just boring. It's very repetitive. I I I enjoyed all of the like late '90s detritus. That's always fun to watch, but uh, but the movie itself is not very good. Uh, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a, a Douglas or like what a Douglas and a half. There's no nudity in here, but there's you know some implied. Uh, uh, tomfoolery. There's a no. Tom there's foolery. a clo- there's a close on sex scene towards the beginning. Yeah, casual sex. No, and less. like you know all the all the all the party girl stuff is you know that's yeah. a that's a that's quite the scold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a Douglas and a half, uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> ten out of ten uh, air chairs, inflatable green chairs. <laughs> nice. Um, did you guys? I had air chairs. Mm. Whoa. Uh, I, I feel like air chairs were very much they existed in like three three core years where that was like a trend, and then it, uh-huh. they, they totally were not a thing anymore. Like super soakers, super soakers. I feel like had a longer life, longer shelf than life. Air air chairs. Okay, you know what you do is you take Care Bears and put them in the air chairs. <laughs> and you got Care Bear don't air do, chairs. Don't do that. <laughs> you should absolutely do that. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, God, I have to give I have to give it two. I, I, I did like like you said though it's not boring. That that feels no, like I it think should it, count I think for it something. is boring. But oh, it is boring. I I thought it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. It's it's again as we said very slight. It's, it's hanging everything on on the stylistic choices that they made, and it's other people's styles um, that he's lifting for the most part. Uh, but it's there's something I, I I almost like in spirit want to give it a little bit more. But it, it's du- it's dumb as a rock. I don't. I hate the. I hate the music, uh, and just the the plot of just like these fucked up things happen to this lady for some reason. That's the whole plot of the movie. It's it's pretty wild. So I can't go. I can't tragic, go higher than two. Tragic, uh, like not drawing on the resources of Patricia Arquette. Yes. Like I love watching her in anything. She's like per- she's perfectly cast here, but they don't yeah. really let her do anything. They're not re- really letting anyone do anything because that might get in the way of the music video nature of the right. whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this is like maybe this is like the crow for girls. It's the crow for girls. Oh, it's the crow for there girls. Because I, you guys, still, I will say it's the crow for because girls. Because I, crow for girls. I need to watch the crow. I've been wanting to watch the crow again. The last time I watched this five or six years ago. Like I can see why I like this, but man, <laughs> crow sucks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I still very I'm still very fond of it. You know, I still think the crow is cool. <laughs> Well, I think you guys go. are. I think you guys are just old. It's probably true. Yeah. This was aimed at exactly us when it, when they when it, this and yeah. the crow were a hundred percent aimed at us. I think this definitely. And I love the crow. When I, I think was this a kid. definitely skews more female. Like it seems like it's aimed at a girl. You know. I guess so, but I I, I knew lots like my brother and yeah. I knew lots of guys who were into this shit. Maybe I don't uh, know. I think the I think the Patricia Arquette is like the the real draw here. Anyway, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I can't go any higher than one Douglas. I mean, like, there's, it's all mildly implied sex stuff that she's have, living a life of carnality or something like as you you can't get it you can't necessarily she's a fallen woman she's a fallen woman <laughs> um but you don't really get to see any of it and i don't know whatever i mean there's that part when she's talking about eunuchs and trying to mac on them and stuff but to back on, mac them. on, mac on to use the parlance of the 90s and uh <laughs> and uh, i'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 bulbous uh neon rings nice yeah those are good excellent um, I'm going to give it four out of five Judds. Yes. Excellent work. Thank you. Because yes. I think this movie is the fucking coolest, <laughs> and I loved it when I was young, and I loved it now. Patricia Arquette's style, all the stuff that you guys are like, it's the style is the only style. I'm like, yeah, that's why it's so fucking good. Yes. Um, uh, She rules. Love the music video nature of it. Love how unabashedly dorky Billy Corgan's music is. Um, Love all the religious weird stuff. Um, And... I I just like I really like this movie, and I will give it one Dougie because of just the the forbidden flirtation. I guess um could have been could have been skeezier, but I was I was fine with it not being. And then I'm giving it ten million lit candles in a clawfoot tub. Nice, <laughs> so many lit candles. That was great. <laughs> that takes time, and those things are expensive. Yeah, she has to go around light. Okay, I always think about this, especially in like uh, horror movies when the killer sets up a place and there's a bunch of lit candles. I always imagine them walking around having to light all yes. of these candles. I, I always also, think of the Simon the scene in Hard Target that's not in the theatrical cut, but it's in like one of the work print cuts where they go back to Jean Claude Van Damme's like lair or wherever the fuck he lives and it's just he's lit in hundreds of candles so that he can <laughs> so like so you have to imagine him walking around like like one of those long lighters yeah. <laughs> yeah. he runs out of gas on the lighter has to, break, has to open another very, one very smooth move Jean-Claude <laughs> Jean-Claude baller move you should know better you should know better than to <laughs> your name's Chance my mama took one my mama took one that's one of the greatest movies ever made true uh, we have to do that on the Patreon at some It'll point be a good one yeah absolutely love that movie uh, all right. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, here we go. Now it's my turn. Downhill from here. Oh. <laughs> I uh, well, next our, our next movie is the ni- the 1989 extravaganza End of Days. Some call him Lucifer, yet he is known by many names, many disguises, but only one number. Thousand years, you have awaited my return. Behold, you have failed. Take it easy. We're the good guys. They tried to kill me. Why? She's been chosen. Chosen for what? If the dark angel consummates your flesh with this human body, then he unlocks the gate of hell. Somehow directed by Peter Hines. Yeah, Peter Hines. I've got a lot to say about this one. Oh, good. <laughs> there's just a lot. There's a lot of fun trivia about it. There's like, yeah, I know a fun trivia bit about it. Yeah, is it about the director that didn't do the movie? No, it's about a fart. Oh yeah, that one's good. <laughs> that one's good. Yeah, I Emily was gonna go. I know a fun trivia bit about it. It sucks. <laughs> oh, I'm not that <laughs> like, cool. Oh, I mean, shit. In, that would have been rad. In no universe is this a good movie, but I find it very amusing. As a, I as didn't a, think it sucks. As a big Arnold fan, I I have nothing to uh, I have nothing 
to defend other than the fact that I enjoy seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger do this stuff. His performance is quite bad in it. Yeah, they, Everybody's they made bad him bad it. again. Uh, they, there's all kinds of transparent attempts to make this more of a fun Arnold movie. There's ridiculous action that makes no sense. There's like He's got Kevin Pollock as a sidekick. It is clearly like, well, they like to true lies with Tom Arnold. Let's do more of that. Uh, Kevin Pollock, terrible. <laughs> um, I liked their friendship. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, that the, warms the heart. The, this movie is ugly. Uh, it's directed. I love Peter Hyams. What He's else did famously he do? so many movies. Uh, we did a whole Peter Hyams episode. We, no, oh. we've just done a, a few of his movies. We did we like did, well, Star Chamber, Presidio, Narrow Margin. That was all what, one episode. What, what, it was a Peter no, Hyams episode. I don't think there were. Do we do all it's three? It's the first of them? episode. I thought that was number two. I thought our first episode was the Pakulas. I looked this up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, He's yeah, he's been in the podcast like famously his own director of photography, but uh, this movie like Arnold Schwarzenegger complained that this movie was too dark. No, not too dark in in narrative and uh, tone, in but that it was so it was shot so dark that that he that they they couldn't he couldn't stand it. And it was the last time that Peter Hyams used the editor that he worked with on this one because they had trouble recutting it because it was so dark. Oh wow! Yeah, the editing is. One of the and many things that's terrible. They about reshot it. a bunch of stuff in this movie. the The ending with the big CGI monster was supposed <laughs> to be okay. The ending with the big CGI monster was supposed to be like this huge puppet, the Satan puppet that yeah. was like really, really hard for them to build and really, really hard for the guy in the suit to operate and all this stuff. And they just threw it out for in favor of a CGI <laughs> Dude, monster. Looks like shit. Looks terrible. Uh, special effects are terrible. The special effects are bad. The Gabriel Byrne is, is terrible. terrible. The action makes no sense. I thought Gabriel Byrne was like the closest thing, was the, the best thing about yeah, this sorry, movie. And I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think he was like fucking great I loved. I love Arnold in this movie, even though his performance is terrible. I don't care. <laughs> uh, when he's like, I'm a quiet boy compared to you. To Satan. He's like yelling at Satan. is very yeah, funny. The whole, the whole flashback scene where you find out about how his family gets killed is really funny. It's, he's, one of those, <laughs> he's one of those guys who got his family killed by being such an honorable man. Yeah, yeah. It's and, one of those things. And, and, and uh, as, as Jill pointed out when I was watching this with her the other day, she's like, it's always like uh, these guys always lose their faith because their family gets murdered. It's not like no one ever, no one in these movies ever goes like, you know, I just kind of was like, I don't really believe in you God anymore. You need trauma to turn to religion, apparently. Yeah. And they'd never No, know. no, they turn to turn away from Oh, it's it's always religion. like it's all, you never see a guy in these movies going like you know I thought about it and I just don't really think I believe in God anymore. It's always like my family was murdered. There they were no they were God. killed in their sleep. This is the line. We had a difference of opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I thought my wife and daughter should live. He, he felt otherwise. He felt otherwise. It's so good. Though, oh, though, whenever they have the, the lines like that in, in movies like this too, it also makes me like a character less. Because uh-huh. like you'd never watched other people have bad things happen to right. happen to them and go like maybe they're like when other when bad things happen to other people you're like God works in mysterious ways and then it happens to you you're like fuck you God yeah yeah we had that we had a thing going here yeah it's really <laughs> funny uh the the buddy cop aspects of this are really like flubbed I love it. Uh, it's it's fun, but they're like they're terrible together. This movie is fucking autumnal as fuck too. They're just yeah. like two buds walking and talking at ninety nine NYC on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Love that. <laughs> I love that part of this movie. Maybe that's why I like I uh, like yeah like some of it. The New York stuff's not bad. Um, I, before before we get into the the thick of the plot, I want to relay uh, a large anecdote about the making of this oh, movie. I love a and large anecdote. Can I do the fart story afterwards? Absolutely, you can do the fart story. Please. I'll leave them that. I'll leave that one for you. So this was um. This movie is directed by Peter Hyams, as I said, and um, he was not the original director that they were going to use for the movie. They were going to use a guy named Marcus Nispel, who is a uh, who he was a music video director. He eventually did make some movies. I think he directed he directed some famous music videos. Wow. Anyway, they fired him 
<laughs> because he had written a large document or manifesto about how business and was to be conducted and how he was to be treated on set. It was something like 60 pages, 64 or 5 pages. Oh my god, just advocating for himself. And it leaked <laughs> into the it leaked into the press. Somebody leaked it to the trades and Variety published a big article re- revealing what some of the manifesto is and I'm going to read some of that for <gasps> you today. Oh Yay. my god. <laughs> Uh, a few. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read you some f- uh, from this Variety article. Marcus Nispel, a commercial Helmer who is set to make his feature debut on uh, with the Arnold Schwarzenegger pick End of Days, has the below-the-line world snickering at what he calls his manifesto. The 64-page, heavily detailed document, uh, yada yada yada, uh, outlines for aides and crew members the needs and desires of the top banana. Variety's words, not mine. <laughs> some are a little loopy, some demanding, but if nothing else, they exude true Hollywood chutzpah. God. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> oh, one more thing. If the German-born Nispel stays attached to the Austrian race Schwarzenegger's project, the film could become the battle of the Teutonic egos. <laughs> Damn, this copywriter. Yeah. A few directly quoted delights. Delights. <laughs> From the world according to Nispel. For a big star, a pretty PA of their preferred sex should always be there to keep tabs on talent. Oh, my God. Wow. Marcus doesn't do client dinners. Explain that he has a superstition. <laughs> so, so, some more from, from pre-production periods of the movie. Conference calls, not in the morning. Margie, his assistant, to speak a sentence or two before Marcus gets on. Marcus is last online. At the end of every call, producer Margie and Linda, Marcus's assistant, are to call Marcus at home to discuss his feelings about the call. Producer should only talk to Marcus two or three times a day. Utilize assistant as much as possible. If Marcus is shooting, send a fax of questions to assistant. Arrange for calls during his lunch, but make sure he is not shooting through lunch. These don't seem crazy, but they're but just annoying. bit nitpicky. Nobody <laughs> talks to Marcus without having read the concept and his pertinent procedure form. Hmm. Inform Marcus the exact moment a job falls through. I think he's going to get that news pretty soon. <laughs> he needs to stop thinking about idea. The moment is not viable. Jesus. <laughs> this doesn't seem that crazy, but it is annoying. Uh, it is chutzpah. A PA should be responsible for getting Marcus a vegetarian platter for lunch and a Diet Coke to drink. It's also like how it's worded, though, too. Yes. It's like people have, what are those called where you write? Writers. Yeah. It starts to get a little bit weirder here. Um, talent should be kept in visible distance from Marcus. They should be asked to remain quiet and not talk to Marcus unless he needs to talk to them. That's pretty wild. Clients like should all. have couch, magazines, etc. to keep them out of Marcus's hair. <laughs> Marcus never stays at the same hotel as clients, especially abroad. I mean, uh, Marcus is last to be picked, off, uh, picked up and the first to be dropped off religiously. Don't ask him, just do it. Is there a po- if there's a possibility he will be going back to the office, check with him privately. Marcus never has baggage. Sounds like he has a lot. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Mental baggage. It's and like the other thing about this is that um, it seems like this was written by a guy or for a crew that's used to working on like music videos and commercials, like tight schedules, like you know two day shooting times, things like that. It doesn't really seem pertinent to like a big Hollywood thing. Yeah, we're also where maybe the talent is that he's referring to is like constantly trying to fuck up his music video too. Like you don't know what you're talking about, Tevin Campbell. Right, I'm, exactly. gonna, I'm the director here. We're right, trying, right. We're Just, do, we have two days to do. Yeah, this. we're shooting a commercial, stuff like that. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like that unruly to me, but you can see how like on a 
a commercial film set yeah. with an ego like Schwarzenegger involved, yeah. he would be like, uh, no, I am the one who Get tells this guy people out what I do. also feel like it, him it said that he calls it his manifesto, which yeah. is, uh, is fucking arrogant and stupid. <laughs> don't, don't yeah. And like, and like I mentioned, like people have like writers and stuff, and like I feel like if it was worded maybe in a different right. way, yeah, yeah. like it wouldn't come off like such a jackassy thing. It's just a weird. It's like one of those weird stories that when it happened, it kind of blew up, and no one remembers it now because everybody forgot about the movie. Yeah, but. Uh, I've always thought this was a funny story. Well, so he's that's the guy it. who directed uh, the No Doubt Spiderwebs video. Oh. So I mean, he's deserved. I believe he did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the one with Jackie Earl Haley. Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre. Oh, was it that one? Yeah. That, okay. okay, I like that one. Yeah. Maybe he did both. He might have done both. Though. That was the one that popped up at yeah. the top of the um, Wikipedia article. My variety sh- <laughs> resource story. Yeah, is, this is a good one. Is uh, something I didn't know about, but my boyfriend Nick, of course, brought it up. Um. Apparently on site, I'll just read you guys a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an article, damn it. (laughs) Harry Potter actor Miriam Margoyles. So this, she plays, uh, or fucking Winona Ryder, I'm mixing everything up. Robert Tooney's. uh, Robert Tooney? Tooney. Is it Tooney? Robin Robin Tooney. That's what I meant to say. No, Robert Tooney is her name now. (laughs) Sorry, that's her name now. I don't make the rules. Robert Tooney. Robin Tooney's. Uh, stepmom. She's also the, the nurse from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, she plays. <gasps> yeah, she plays the plant lady in the Harry Potter movies. Yes. I can't remember. She, she makes the mandrakes. That Floris she Glump or something. Disliked working <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Glump, Glump shitto. Yeah. <laughs> on the 1999 supernatural action movie End of Days, Schwarzenegger allegedly farted on Margoyle's face in between filming takes. Oh my god. Margoyle said Schwarzenegger nice. deliberately did it, and she still hasn't forgiven him. I have so many, uh, but I got a lot of questions. Did she fill in? He was quite. He okay, was actually quite rude. He farted in my face. Now <laughs> I fart. Of course I do, but I don't fart in people's faces. He did <laughs> it deliberately, right in my face. I was playing Satan's right sister, in your face. and he oh, okay. was killing He's, me. Here we go. Here we go. So he had me in a position where I couldn't escape and lying on the floor, and he just farted. It wasn't on film. It was in one of the pauses, but I still have not forgiven him for it. <laughs> I did it on purpose, and I do it again. Variety reached out to Schwarzenegger's reps for comment. <laughs> what do you have to say about Fartgate? And they didn't respond. <laughs> Mr. Schwarzenegger, Mr. Schwarzenegger, what do you have to say about Fartgate? Do I look like someone who fought on an actor? This yes. is the, so it sounds like I it happened multiple times on purpose. I absolutely believe this, but it is the sort oh, of thing I where I really want to know it. more about the mechanics. Like, did he like squat? <laughs> she was lying down. Where, what position was she in? Did he literally like put his butt in her face, or was his butt just around? Was his butt just kind of around, just by, by the way they were positioned, and he let one fart? Or, or was it like a real like Big Brother sort of like put your butt right up to the face sort of thing? <laughs> like either way, I, I I think I see him as being capable as either one. Right, uh, I faulted. But that is definitely the kind of story where you're like, I have seven more questions. <laughs> I've and I've got to know the answers. If you guys have more information on the Fartgate, please uh, comment, me. comment on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> I thought that this movie also, I don't have any uh, articles to read or anything like Boo. that, but uh, I feel like Schwarzenegger's um, largely responsible for a lot of why this movie's bad, uh, because uh, th- I-, I forgot that th- he still was very powerful around this time. I mean, he'd had Actually, last, last Action Hero. Was he'd, a- ha- he'd had trouble getting work before this because he'd had his heart surgery. Oh, shit. And uh, he was having trouble getting well, insured. What's wrong with his heart? He had, a, he had like a bypass surgery, oh, you know, uh, and he hadn't worked since Batman and Robin. 
when this came out. Oh, right. Well, he had Last Action Hero and then, but I'm like, man. Yeah, Last was Action Hero was 93. And between shit. between Last Action Hero and Batman and Robin, you had uh, True Lies. Great movie. You had um, uh, Eraser, you know, which, which, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, I mean, he just, you know, he got sick and he hadn't worked in a while and he was having trouble getting insured. And, like, apparently even the studio. He looks great in this movie. Yeah, he looks pretty good, especially because he's supposed to be playing, like, a piece of shit. But uh, he was involved in a lot of the decisions. He, he's oh, the, absolutely. He was a power player in the movie, and he brought his own priest uh, on board mm-hmm. to, like, sanctify the thing. And <laughs> This movie cost $160 million. Jesus. How much did it, it make? A, about 80 It is a terrible-looking movie. The special effects are bad. The lighting is bad. It, it looks like shit. You know, like though, I would, I would argue that, um, it's, at least where the special effects and, like, sort of uh, cinematography are concerned, it's very much like Stigmata, like a product of the 90s. I, yeah, like, I feel like for is, 1999, it's not, like, excessively bad for 1999 especially the special effects like the, yeah. the like cgi satan stuff it's that's what movies look like it's just they just look or like the shit. shattering it's oh, yeah, yeah. I love they that. which was much. pretty cool that yeah. was really cool they but like, made the choices to use cgi that wasn't ready yet but i also think that this the action scenes are very clumsy clunkily put they, together. they are clumsy yeah and, and this is stuff that they had that they did have the technology to do well at the time yeah there's no weight to it or gravity and it looks perfunctory well, well, and rushed let's let's start because i want to point you you bring up something that i want to point out that i think is really funny about this movie so this movie starts Starts. It's Y2K. Well, actually, actually, we we have to start. It starts earlier. It starts in 1978 or something when this woman is giving birth to this <laughs> to this baby, and <laughs> uh, right. and it's like really scary and dark in this hospital for some reason, and then. Um, and then, like, all these... Uh, so the baby is born in Udo Kier, like, sacrifices Kier. a fucking snake over it and so stuff. So what they do is they're like, hey, lady, be right back. Let's We're going to go just, like, clean up your baby. And then they just they take... They're like, hold on. And then they hold take on. this baby down to the basement and bleed a cobra out on her. Yeah. Like, one sec. <laughs> they feed the baby cobra blood. Very weird. And it's Udo Kier. It's Udo Kier. And then... And then, but meanwhile, in the world. over at the uh-huh. Vatican, uh, Mark like Margolis, that. who I guess is the Pope or something... Mark Margolis from like Breaking Bad and all these other yeah. movies, yeah. Uh, it, it, and and his and another one of his cardinals, uh, Derek O'Connor. Remember who do we know Derek O'Connor from? Well, shall I tell you? Because you're gonna love it. <laughs> He's the one who changed the course of your life, man. Oh, he yeah, killed baby. Officer Riggs' wife. <laughs> I love that guy. Riggs. What? Riggs. Oh. I also wanted to point oh. out while we're on it um, that Udo Kier and uh, Mark Margolis is mm-hmm. that the, is the, the um, He's the Popey. The Popey guy, those guys are both in a little movie. Say it with me. Say it call together. Yeah. Called Ace Ventura Pet, Pet Detective. Detective. Oh, God, I hate yeah. Ace Ventura. <laughs> but, uh, Come at me. I want. I just wanted us to have an excuse to do the uh, the Martin Ridd South Africa stuff again. Yeah. Rings, rings, rings. I'm the one what changed the life of your I'm life, I'm the man that changed the course of your life, man. <laughs> I just killed your girlfriend, and I killed your wife, I did. <laughs> now he's cockney. What are you going to do? Yeah, what? what? He's you? Michael Caine? What are you going to do, babe? Come on, now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell am what I doing here? What the hell am I doing here? Is this man like Awakenings or Rain Man? I can't, I can't kill another Batman. Thanks. Anyway, um, and they're like, well, the child has been born. Uh, what do we do? And some of the priests are like, we got to kill her. And then uh, Derek O'Connor and, and Mark Margolis are like, no, we have to have faith in God. Uh, uh, you know uh, that that she will be saved. Mark Margolis is a very generic pope. Yeah. In this. Well, we don't we don't really know what's what they're talking about yet. But anyway, cut to the present day, 1999. It's Y2K, <laughs> and uh, suddenly Satan bursts out of the sewers with when with these columns of fire shooting out of manholes. And it's just like a and it's a and uh, it's see-through blob. It's just, yeah, it's just a, it's just a predator blob. It's a CGI predator blob. And it goes to a fancy restaurant. 
where Gabriel Byrne is about to have dinner with a nice lady. And then Gabriel Byrne excuses himself to go to the bathroom, and Satan inhabits him. Gabe can't catch a break. This I episode. know, he can't. So he gets immediately possessed by Satan. Go, I love that. This is one of my favorite parts of this oh, very stupid movie. Yeah, this is. He walks back out of the restaurant, walks up to this other couple at some other table, grabs the lady's boob, and just like deeply kisses her while she's seated. And her husband or partner, whoever she's dining with, is like visibly uh, upset. Huh? Uh, leaves. She is the woman is completely knocked out by this. Like yeah. she obviously had a time of her life right there. <laughs> Gabriel Wern walks out of the restaurant and the restaurant explodes. Yeah, for no reason. The fire budget in this movie was, was probably crazy. like seventy five percent of the budget in this movie. And and on at least three occasions in this movie, it seems like mostly what Satan does in this movie is explode. Go into places, blow them up. Maybe, maybe he'll kiss a lady and maybe. she'll be into it. He'll have sex with some people and then they explode. That's, that That is one of the weirder scenes in the movie. Oh, boy, man. Oh boy. Yeah. boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I forgot about this that This is one. the third time I've seen this movie and I, my brain is incapable of retaining information about it. I'd forgotten yeah, all it's this very, stuff. It's there's very no space. Dumb. You don't got space for that. I don't got the space for it. So then now, now there's Arnold Schwarzenegger who is like a washed up alcoholic ex-cop. Oh, man. In this- <laughs> and, and he is working for some kind of security detail company. And his partner, Kevin Pollack, comes to pick him up because they got a job to babysit some Wall Street scumbag. Oh, God. And But first we get a look at what Arnold eats for breakfast. Best scene in the whole movie. Which oh, is like so without question. stale beer, okay. coffee, pizza, cold pizza, Chinese food, Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. Yep, yep. And what else? What am and I forgetting? They, well, and he throws in. There's. I watched this. I recorded it and watched it several times. At one point, he puts in a thing that I don't know what it, what it is. is. It's weird because it's edited and it's so dark that you almost can't really tell what he's doing. Yeah. And then when you when you were like, I had to pause it a couple times to like see yeah. which things he was putting in the blender. This is the, yeah. both the best scene in the movie, and it ex- it exemplifies why this movie's bad because it's shot so shittily that you there's a couple a thing that, that he puts waste, in. You're like, well, I don't even know what that was. It's and, and also like it's shot so murkily, like to make it. To, to give it atmosphere of like the spooky atmosphere it's like this is supposed to be funny though yeah now it's just yucky it's weird but the piece de resistance <laughs> of course is he finds a piece of pizza on the floor yeah, yeah. puts yeah. that in there he picks it up off the floor because he's lost the will to live yeah. he's and burned he, he out puts it all in a blender and drinks it but not before saying like something about breakfast, breakfast is champions. the most important yeah. meal of the day it's like great job everybody <sighs> By the way, this was this masterpiece was written by a guy named Andrew Marlowe. Terrible, terrible briefly, briefly hot after writing Air Force One. Oh wow! They ke- it keeps on, t- like particularly between Schwarzenegger and Pollock, they keep on having qu- like quippy. They try to do yeah, quippy, and none the movie of it's is incapable of doing I'm it. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't manage to shoehorn in some Pollock impersonations, though. Just have him do. Sh- I mean, he, he doesn't ricochet. Yeah, he doesn't. But he doesn't do Shatner. He doesn't do Walking. He doesn't do Columbo. He in invented this. those. I know, right? He invented Shatner. Yeah. The Shatner impression. There, there would be no William Shatner without Kevin Pollock. Absolutely. Nobody ever <laughs> oh would have come, come up with that. The writer also wrote Hollow Man. Uh-huh. Oof. Yeah. That That's probably his best movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How shitty this poster. It's I know. so fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, so anyway. The Hollow uh, poster. The, so they go out, they go out on their, their job, which it turns out is to be the bodyguard for Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Uh-oh. Who apparently needs protection now because... As soon as they get him out into the sidewalk, somebody starts taking sniper shots at him. 
Yeah. And, and a big fat chase scene ensues it's that involves... It's uh, <laughs> very elaborate. The, the budget for this security detail is Huge. incredible. They've got it suddenly... They've got when a helicopter. By the time this, this chase scene is ending, it winds up with Arnold Schwarzenegger hanging from a helicopter, like, trying, run, like, running, like running on a rooftop, trying to catch some, the guy who's the sniper, which he's he like does. He's like doing the running motion, but his feet are on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like still being silly. lifted by the helicopter. And he's, it looks and he's doing silly. the uh, Total Recall face, the ah face. Yeah. It, it, it is dumb looking. Yeah, it it's looks, really dumb. I'm a, I'll, I'll put this one up online. Except for because the, the, you're just like, the, what? The, they do the helicopter stunt for real, but every time you see Arnold, it's like process photography or a green screen. But just conceptually, I don't know if it would be possible doesn't, to make this cool. No, it doesn't look very cool. Drawing him three, like four feet above the ground. Especially when it, all he's doing is just <laughs> sort of like... Just yeah, like, he's just yeah. hanging there. He looks so inert. And then he eventually grabs the guy before he jumps off the roof. And yeah. then the guy is like shooting him yeah. upwards, and then he drops it, and then the, the chase continues. It's also, a whole thing. Arnold's name in this is the coolest. Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. Sounds like a Kane. professional wrestler. He sounds like a wrestler for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a wrestler with the name Jericho and one with Kane. There is, yeah. Can you smell what Jericho is cooking? <laughs> it's a pizza. It's, it's pizza and Chinese food and pepto in the blender. And something else. Breakfast. <laughs> Some and, and a mystery, beer, some coffee. a mystery item. Um, so he catches him, and it's Derek O'Connor. It's the priest from the first scene in the movie. Yeah. Who, by the way, I want to point out the character's name is Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. And nobody ever goes. Nobody ever put, makes the connection. Nobody oh, ever like goes, the famous Thomas Aquinas. Right. Right. Well, there's is even, that his real name? There's or? even a part where somebody says, like, uh, you know, the guy's name was Thomas Aquinas. Is that? Do you ever heard of that before? And everybody goes, No. No. Nope, nope, that's new. That name is new to all of us. <laughs> it's very funny. All of us. And uh, and that, so that guy's uh, all he's all nuts, and he starts like they chase him into the subway, yeah, and all this stuff, and uh, uh, he starts saying like, what does he say to Arnold? He's like, you don't know what you're about to do, like. You uh, have to save the girl or whatever. The thousand years have ended. The thousand years have ended. Twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or Oculus Day. People are constantly saying Oculus Op- Day. O- Oculus or is Opus Day? Oculus Day. Okay, great. Uh, the thousand years have ended, and then uh, yes. Anyway, so then ominous. CCH Pounder, the the actual police officer, shows yeah, up and Pounder. is like, you know, uh, have you been drinking? And Arnold's like, you know, what what difference does it make? I drink all the time. And um, <laughs> clearly, look at <laughs> me. Look at me. And uh, and he, she's like, well, the guy doesn't have a tongue. How did he say all that stuff to you? Yeah. And Arnold's like, don't you believe me? You know, do you think I hallucinated all this? And and. CCH Pounder obviously thinks he's full of shit. And then he really yells at her, too. Yeah, yeah. And you can see Kevin Baller going like, man, that's, I don't know if that's helping. He's like a generally unpleasant person to be around. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he's a... Uh, okay, so we'll just get into it now. We talked about this before recording, but like, just t- t- for me, A, we all know Schwarzenegger like, had a shaky beginning to his career. He's not a born actor. And they figured, right. out, they figured out how to make Schwarzenegger good. Uh, they figured out what his strengths and his limitations were, and for a long, sustained period of time, it wasn't, you wouldn't notice that Schwarzenegger, he actually was quite good, and I, even to the point where in True Lies, he's, I think he's quite good. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Uh, and they, and then this movie, they pushed it too far, and they, they, they challenged him. <laughs> And don't challenge Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, he can't, he can't do this. He cannot <laughs> convincingly play sad. He certainly can't convincingly play an alcoholic. The guy is in very good shape. Yeah, I don't think. Sh- I mean, Schwarzenegger, uh, f- from the best of my uh, recollection, only enjoys a joint once in a while after he's won a res- a, a bodybuilding competition, uh, or purchased purchased a new tiny horse. <laughs> or purchased a new tiny Aww. horse. Love uh, those guys. 
But he can't. But he can't do sad. I don't believe that Schwarzenegger has felt the, the feeling of sadness. What at any is point this in his wetness life. on my cheeks? Now I yeah. know why you cry. <laughs> All right. So you, your character is depressed, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's like, "What does that mean? Uh, depression? What is that? I've never." Can you show me a picture of what that is like? And then they, it's, it's like with the autistic people where they show them the cards of people oh, with expressions emotions, yeah. and stuff. And it's just like every time they would roll, they would have a picture of someone being sad, and he would kind of like... It's like, it looks like, <laughs> a, it's like a, it looks like one of my stogies. Okay. <laughs> Does this look like... Oh, am I doing it? Is this sad? So like, it's not it's, it's not fine. like Rainer Wolfcaster Castle. Oh Maria, my mighty, mighty heart, heart is breaking. breaking. I'll be into Humvee. His heart has never been broken before. And and like I watched the this whole this lengthy behind the scenes making of it too. And you can and like behind the scenes, as soon as the camera's not rolling, he just puts he just hoists a cigar and is like, yeah. So how are we all doing? Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, he can't. He's just does, can't I do this shit. I love him so much. I love Schwarzenegger. I, he's very bad in this. And, and he that's, is. He's and amusingly bad in it to me. His fault, obviously, for choosing to do this, but it's it's people. It's the rest of everybody else's fault for pushing yeah, him. Him in it. Don't push him. D- have him do what he can do. Well, you <laughs> it's know, it's very specific what he, he can does, do. Well, he does get some good soliloquies in on this moon uh, later on. I guess. But I like the. Uh, so okay. <laughs> the, uh, the at what point does Robin Tunney come into the equation? You mean because, Robert uh, Tooney? Robert Tooney. Sorry, Robert Tunney. Tunney bunches of votes. Tunney bunches of votes. Tunney's a fun. I'm a big. I'm a big Tunney fan. By yeah, the way, so, she can't yeah. close her mouth. She's very yeah. pretty, but she's, she's she cannot really, act. She's really hot. No, and she's she was, a very bad actress. I think, she's, I think she's got a thing. I don't know if she's she a great actor. She has a look. She, she's she's got a cool vibe, but she's yeah, she's she just kind of like. Uh, uh, I think she's. Uh, I think for the uh, lack for a lack of a better uh, way of putting it, <laughs> she seems nice. Other actresses considered for this role: Kate Winslet, who actually signed on and dropped out. Yes, uh, I believe. She's Jennifer, like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> I believe Jennifer Connelly was t- tapped for this mm. for a little while. I think she turned it down too. Yeah, Robin Tunney. A fantastic Robert Tooney. would have been weird in this. I don't like that. Robert Tooney. Robert Tooney. Robert Tooney. A fantastic little detail, a very telling detail also from the making of documentary is because it's one of those documentaries where they everybody tells their story and then, you know, Pollock, where did we how did he get involved and now let's hear what Pollock has to say about it. Yeah. And so they're t- it's Tunney's time and uh, and they're like <laughs> it's, now it's Tooney time. It's Tooney time. It's Tooney time. Like, time for Tony. Like we had a bunch of other people <laughs> and we we decided to go with Robin Tunney and uh you know, she's good in it obviously, but she's also a Tough New York uh, chick. I think they refer to, refer to as a tough New York chick, and she's not going to take any of that shit from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In so many words, they basically say like she's going to push back on his the stuff that he is going to do to her. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that we're all fine with, right? We love it, but Schwarzenegger is going to try to fuck her. He's going to be a he's so going to be a sleaze bag around her, right? Yeah. That's the Arnold we love. But she'll but she'll c- kick him in the nuts or something, and it'll be fine. Or you whatever. can't stop me. Ridiculous. Jesus. <laughs> what a what a great time! Yeah, it's the end of days. But Robin Tunney was on the Mentalist, on. And, I, and I watched all seven seasons of it. So. Oh, I have never seen it. So maybe <coughs> so. she is a good actress. Yes. No, she's not. But I love her in the Craft. But I mean, I think I just love the Craft. The craft, Empire Records. She's oh, a legend. Empire Records, a movie that I have never <gasps> seen. Wait all a minute. Of. I do like her in Empire Records. And I have to bring it up every time. But there's a scene in the Mentalist where her character is an alcoholic, a secret alcoholic, and we find it out. We find out because she opens a drawer of her desk. It's just all booze? No, she has a decanter. (laughs) (laughs) She pulls a a crystalline decanter out of her desk and pours a... (laughs) 
some bourbon into a nice glass. Ex- and I mean, they, they look like they're having a good time. Should, I'm sure they did. It should turn out to be that she's just drinking like Monarch, like the worst kind of well shit that you find at like the you worst kind of bar. Put it into a decanter. And immediately it's good. And it's, just, like, it's like piss yellow. It's just funny to me. Alcoholics are always like, use the airline bottles or however they can hide it. And she's just like, well, I'll just get a big drawer and put a nice decanter in there. Well, if you make it seem like a fancy thing, then you don't feel like it's a cheap, shitty habit. Could yeah. be. She still looks very sad when she's drinking from it. So how does anyways, Toon, how does Timmy Toontown show up in this movie? They they tr- like Arnold tracks her down. Yes, they, be- they oh they, it's be- it's because okay I forgot they go to the hospital to question Thomas Aquinas and he is now he has like carved shit into his chest yeah and it says Christ Ooh. in New York and then well, don't they find him pinned up to this later oh okay. Uh, that, no, after Arnold leaves, and he's like, "No, it's not. It's not Christ in New York. It's Christine York." Christine and it's like York. some excellent sleuthing there, buddy. And uh, but then Satan shows up and pins him to the ceiling. Yeah, that part was. I like that part was creepy. Especially when they go back into the room and they're like, they find him and he's yeah, like, they he's like, like, pan up forked, and he's like, and he's like dripping and blood like all he over. He could have done it to himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they're part like, was no. creepy. I like that. But then they track down Christine York, who this is, is. This is also really funny he too. Done it to himself. Yeah, like, somebody like, says that. Yeah, then he's like, "How would you? How would you put the last fucking thing in?" Like, oh yeah. Uh, but this is this is also really funny because usually because it's new, it takes place in New York and usually they go like uh, usually in a movie like this they're like Christine York well there must be a hundred and there must be a thousand Christine Yorks in New York City and in this one it just goes like the computer just finds her immediately it's so, like yeah, there she, she is she has some real deer in the headlights there DMV photo too yeah <laughs> it's really funny like she knows she's been caught uh, and and it turns out that Christine York is Timmy Toons. Timmy Toontown, and it's uh, <laughs> she's the little girl from the beginning of the movie, the baby. Oh, she's the yeah. Cobra baby. She's the Cobra baby, and her parents have since died, uh, and she is living with Miriam Margoyles, who fart girl. the fart lady, who is her stepmother now. Floris Glomp. And I liked her. as a, I was like, oh my God, this woman's like s- such a good well, mom. She's, she's in league with Satan. <laughs> but Everybody turns out is. she's Satan's like sister or whatever. She uh-huh. was that, that, snake, that snake thing at the beginning. She was being groomed to be Satan's girlfriend from her infancy. She needs to get fucked. Because she was born under the right kind of star or something like that. You know. You know, ancient yeah, stuff. Cool, I know, cool ancient, ancient, ancient stuff. things. And so apparently, what's going on here, which we're about to find out, is that Satan has returned to Earth because mm. at be, in the hour before the stroke of midnight between 1999 and 2000, he must have sex with this girl and impregnate her to have a Satan baby. Absolutely. And uh, somebody actually yells later on, like, "Why does he have to wait until?" <laughs> <laughs> January 31st. But there you have it. Satan, as we all well know, Satan's always got rules. Right. And he's so extremely formidable, but he's got these rules. The middle chunk of the movie is Arnold basically like protecting Christ in New York, Christine York, mm-hmm. Jimmy Toontown from A, Satan, yeah. and B, the Vatican guys who want to kill Robin Tunney so that Satan can't have sex with yeah, her. The bad Vatican guys. Vatican. Another Vatican squad. Vatican squad. Squad goals. Yes. And meanwhile, uh, he is uh, accosted by Kevin Pollock at all sides. And uh, and she's and she's goes like I've been seeing this guy in my dreams ever since mm-hmm. uh, I can remember and you gotta you can't let let me meet this guy because he's gonna try to fuck me and uh, it's gonna happen yeah I, I won't be able to resist it's Gabriel Byrne we're talking about here yeah yeah my ooh la la va 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 voom my favorite line in the whole movie happens when they have their first meeting I mentioned this to you the other day but uh, when he goes to Robin Tunney's apartment and she's like you don't look 
so good, man. Are you okay? And he's like, you know, he's all fucked up and hung over. And she all, she's like, I take Xanax. You want some of my Xanax? And he just goes, oh, no, thanks. I drink. <laughs> Which no, I th- thank you. I think is really good. <laughs> if, there's, if there are no, there is no fun, punchy, funny dialogue in this movie except that line. It's really funny. But it needs to be pointed out that it's constantly trying to do fun, punchy dialogue. Right, yes, it, it just, is constantly. It just doesn't. It's very poorly written. Also, Kevin Pollack, in, in the making of documentary, when he is being interviewed about his character, he's like, well, uh, Schwarzenegger had his own trailer brought out with his workout equipment in it, and uh, I wasn't going to do that, but it's a big action movie, so I knew I needed to butch myself up, and that's why I grew a goatee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He fucking sucks. You're just like, do Shatner. He, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, you keep trying to give him funny things and quippy stuff to say, like, to make him the Tom Arnold, like, buddy in this, and it's just not happening. Yeah, he can't say but anything. But the, the only thing that happens that with Kevin Pollock in this that's funny is, first, when Gabriel Byrne... <laughs> Gabriel Byrne pisses blood. That's this is yeah, this is that great. Rolls down across the street over to Kevin Pollock's car, and Kevin Pollock like knows that he is about to blow up. And and like the look on his face right before right before his car explodes. And then it cuts to Gabriel Byrne across the street who also makes a funny face <laughs> for like one second right before the cars all explode. That's funny enough, but then at the end of the movie, when Kevin Pollock shows up having been resurrected by Satan to try to help, Ar- try to convince Arnold to turn to the dark side, mm-hmm. and then decides at the last minute that he can't go through with killing Arnold because he's his best friend, because he's his best buddy, uh. and then catches back on fire <laughs> and screams in agony. That's very funny to me yeah, too. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You'd be amazed what you'd agree to when you're on, when you're on fire. So funny. That's what he says. Uh, and then he and then he does and then he decides he doesn't want to betray him after all. So still, he still buzz. goes to hell, or does he go to heaven? I don't know. I don't know. We don't ever find we'll out. Ne- we'll never but, uh, know. <laughs> we'll never in, know. In, I'd like to know. In the meantime, there's the part where Gabriel Byrne uh, seduces a lady and her daughter, and there's a oh weird, God. yucky CGI sex scene. I'm glad scene. you guys didn't talk about this while I was in the bathroom, because this is absolutely <laughs> where, like, outrageous. The ladies' bodies are like merging into each other and stuff, and it looks really bad. It's, Udo, it's Udo Kier, right? It's Udo, it's Udo Kier's uh, wife. wife and daughter. Yeah. And he's imagining them all fucking together, like a threesome with a wife and daughter. Under and these very nice red satin sheets. Yeah, and as, as they fuck, their limbs kind of start blending into one. Just like and the sculpture from Devil's some, Advocate. Like, weird This definitely has some very beast. Devil's Advocate Devil's vibes, too. Oh, yeah, total Devil's Although, Advocate Although, I mean, as mu- and as much as I enjoy this movie, Devil's Advocate's way better. It's yeah, better. This, it's definitely better. very good. Especially when Gabriel Byrne starts to do the Phantom Man shit. Gabriel from- Byrne absolutely gets a a, a monologue yeah a like a, he's an absentee esque. landlord kind yes. of monologue which is terrible and he's not selling it at all i yeah i, I don't think he's bad uh, he's the biggest underachiever of all well and no he's not really doing his accent in this one for some reason i don't know why he would why he wouldn't just have his his irish accent but for some reason he's doing an american accent he's the biggest underachiever of all time he just had a good publicist that's all you take that overblown press kit they call the bible the overblown press kit can you say that did he just say that whoa fuck but that's also the scene in which arnold schwarzenegger goes you think you're bad i'm a choir boy compared to you (laughs) a choir boy 
Did, he, that's, just, did that's, he just say that Satan is a choir boy compared yeah. to him? Yeah, that's also the scene where Gabriel Byrne shows him, like, makes him relive the murder of his family. This is and fucked he, up that they did this. <laughs> I, like, I was watching this and I was like, that's just, that's mean. He's shooting bullets at the, at the guys who are about Satan's to kill his family, mean. but the bullets don't go, don't do anything. And he try, he like does the big dive jump onto the dude and it just goes right, he goes he right He goes into a Christmas dive. tree like yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. It's really funny. <laughs> he tackles a Christmas tree, Sutherland style. Yeah. And then it's, and then the bad guys just take his wife and daughter in the bathroom and shoot them and leave. And Schwarzenegger cries. He's like really, cries. like a really young girl. Like yeah. it's, it's upsetting. But it's, this is all because yeah. this is all because like he turned states against some like some gangsters mob dudes or something. Because he was so honorable. Yeah. He was so goddamn honorable. It cost him his family. Yeah. That's Christ, how great a Christ guy he is. Would have approved. Yeah. But like the relationship between Schwarzenegger and Robert Dunney doesn't really go anywhere. There is that rad scene on the subway where she yes. sees the scary punk dude. There's go like, like an albino subway guy. And he's, he's like, he's he going to fuck like you, Christine. He's going to fuck yeah, you, Christine. Yeah, he goes up to her and just stands in front of her and like smiles at her really creepy. He and she's like, like uh, okay. Apex twin. Yeah. And then yeah, he's got a koosh ball haircut or something <laughs> like that. Apex twin with a koosh ball haircut. And then eventually she like gives him some money and then he still kind of smiles. He takes the money and he still kind of like smiles at her and she's like, what do you want from me? I like, I gave you some money and then he's like he's gonna he's gonna fuck you christine blah 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 and then uh yeah. he tur- he shatters into a million pieces of glass yeah. but then one of the then his head is like a big chunk and it's like you can see and he's it's like, like eh. hollow and his uh, one of his eyes is gone and he's still saying he's gonna fuck you he's yeah fuck. That, that is like an actually that works great that was that, a spooky that's scene, effect yeah. worked it, great. he's gonna fuck you christine that's yeah. the only special effect big swing that they took that still that kind of works to this day. Yeah. yeah that was fun i enjoyed that part cool scene and then, of course, like you get the, the requisite like number numerology. Oh, dude, Rod Steiger! Like Rod Steiger is Steiger's the, is the priest, and he does a whole thing where he's like, they, "People think the people think of the number of the beast is six six six, but it's not. Look, if you turn it over, <laughs> it's not, wait a minute, not. hold on, slow down. <laughs> if you turn it Fuck. over, it's actually nine nine nine. It's like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, but he's funny. He goes, as if you turn it over, it's nine nine nine. As in nineteen ninety nine. That's this year. Oh, my God. Love that. Oh, my God. That's some ancient alien shit. Oh, yeah. no. Why don't you stop with all this church talk and tell us what the hell is going on? Well, stop with all this church talk. Come on. Come on. Come on, Steiger. He does, he does, I think he does say come he on. He does say come on a few point, times, yeah. pretty great, so... Uh, there's like little moments of I I actually thought for the first third watching this because there's that loopy action scene and mm. then there's the the crazy drink that he makes where I was going like oh boy mm. this movie I mean this yeah. is good but this is fun I'm gonna I've forgotten that but then that they this just let good. you out they let you dance it like, drags you it's down like over two hours and then all of a sudden there's like something that maybe you're like oh are we getting there and then it just goes down there again. becomes lots of there's like lots of action in it and the action sucks it's poorly made and yeah, so it just it just is monotonous and hard to watch and then it ends on a total wet fart too. Like oh yeah, too. <laughs> it really sucks. Let's right into Mario Margot's face. So in in a way, this is the like it's certainly not. The, we'll find out what the, which one these is the worst movie, but uh, yeah. but to me it's the most disappointing because it has me for a little while. Yeah, I I, I get to do it. There's there's a really good. Um, I like. I think there's a, c- a couple of spooky scenes, like one where like Gabriel Byrne kills CTH Pounder and then like resurrects her. To, to help uh, convince Arnold to uh, to turn to the dark side. That's pretty neat. Yeah. There's a really good, there's a really fun scene where like Arnold gets caught by like a whole crowd of Satan worshippers and like zombie people and like has to try to <laughs> fight them all him. off. <laughs> and they crucify him. <laughs> Were you there when they crucified I, my lord? <laughs> I really like, I really like the part after that scene where like, because Rod Steiger finds him and then uh, the next thing that happens is you see that it's like New Year's Eve 6:45 a.m. Like it has oh, a thing on the text on this on the screen, 
and then Rod Steiger like finds Arnold. Then it cuts again to New Year's Eve, 6.45 p.m. So the whole day has gone by, and they've got Arnold lying on an exorcist bed, like a bed with the, all the exorcist <laughs> the, padding, the posters, you know, yeah. with, all the, with all the sheets and padding around it. Oh, yeah. And they're just now stitching up his eye. <laughs> So like what they, they just wait, waited all day, I guess. He's so that's thought that was funny. He's been recovering from his crucifixion. He's, I think he's recovering from that pizza beverage hangover. <laughs> he's still, still that hit him pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also there's a really fun uh, bit where they're chasing, or Satan is chasing them on the subway train, and uh, Gabriel Byrne gets like all blown up. And yeah. like, there's a really cool like makeup effects, like what they do to his body, and he's like, he the, his body dies. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a really good miniature train sequence where the train crashes. Yes. And like these two train cars collapse in on each other, and like like they it like accordions. It's one of those scenes that's the old stuff. So yeah. much. A lot of this movie's special effects are where they're t- trying too much that they can't quite do yet. Yeah. It's, it's 1999. Really bad time for special effects. But then sometimes it'll be just the the old stuff. Yeah. And you're like, see, mm-hmm. uh, so just I, a miniature. Was, you just make a min- make a small version of a thing and blow it yeah. up. It's great. Even while the movie completely comes to a moment like narrative momentum dead stop, I was like amused by individual scenes, and I just like seeing Arnold do his thing. For sure, so that was fine. And then yeah, the ending is terrible. Where like. Uh, Satan, he he gets possessed by Satan and then chooses to sacrifice himself. He jumps onto a statue. That, he impales a himself with a sword. Yeah, it's a not, not toppled statue that has a sword has a big sword on it. it. I did like the part when they're fighting in the church and all the pews exploded. That was neat. Yeah, they well, love exploding this, this is this uh, this is one of the many reasons why, where this movie is trying new things that it should not be trying. Yeah. Um, but but me and Corey we're, we're watching it and we're like eh, not really into it. But at the very least, like, what do you think his one liner is going to be before he kills Satan? And I'm like, I think he's just going to say go to hell. We keep it simple, right? And he and Corey's like, yeah, I think it's go to hell. But maybe maybe something funnier than that. Which is definitely one thing we know for sure. There's absolutely going to be a Schwarzenegger one liner before he kills ah, Satan. Nope, absolutely not. No, nope. well he because he just Satan's jumps on the sword and then he goes like, ah, yeah, he dies. <laughs> This and is, that, I think, and that is because the priest that Schwarzenegger brought on yeah, board yeah. told him he didn't specifically say no to one-liner. not say anything bad to no, say no one-liners, but he said he wanted him to, to die sacrificing himself as opposed to killing something. Yeah, mm. and so that's why we have that because uh, of Schwarzenegger's dumb priest. And, and also, on board. this notably is the only movie up until then. Uh, Besides the Terminators, sure in which Arnold dies. dies, yeah, that's interesting. right. Interesting, but uh, but and, and well, this is, becomes an issue in all of these movies, of course. Uh, and I've brought this up before, particularly with like Ghost, where the stakes are really lowered when you know that heaven exists for right. a fact. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh no, he's died and went to heaven. To we definitely he know he went to heaven. Sacrificed himself to stop Satan from taking over the earth. <laughs> his, I think he probably gets to go. His to heaven. soul yeah, will go fine. on forever. That's so scary. Yeah, oh, once no. you confirm the existence, then it's like, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Who, I, I wouldn't be afraid from like it, if I saw. It doesn't look like he was having a great time on Earth, you know. Did Satan and God actually do for a fact exist? I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll, sure, I'll die. I don't give a shit. Yeah, this is all nothing. This is nothing. Wow. I'm not gonna. Wow, to have unwavering faith. <laughs> yeah, I have to have exactly. un- unwavering faith in the saving the soul of Robert Tooney. Absolutely, <laughs> Timmy Toontown. Timmy Toontown. And Tony, but Tony lives and uh, gets. Tony to, lives. Tony lives. That's the sequel. End of days. Two. <laughs> two Tony lives. Two Toonies. <laughs> Too many Toonies. Too many Toonies. It's like multiplicity. Toonies are that. Toonies are the Canadian money, right? That's right. Yeah, Looney Loonies and Toonies. Loonies and Toonies. <laughs> Robin Man. Looney. How many Toonies did this cost? At least one. <laughs> it cost. Uh, it cost eighty million. Eighty billion Toonies. Eighty, 80 million Toonies. One hundred and sixty billion Toonies. <laughs> 
yeah, it, it, that's it. You got any other lines from this? Because there's a lot of good ones. There's well, some just, good to, ones. just to give you an idea of uh, what the the great banter between Kevin Pollock and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh is. yeah, please. They're the thing, the recurring line that they say to each other all the time. Stop being a pussy. Dude, that's that's, <laughs> that's male friendship. It's <laughs> <That's> good advice. <laughs> yes, that's why all of us uh, we're saying stop being a pussy to each other all summer in yep. 1999. What a great line. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, the the when the lady turns against when Gloris Glomper, the Robin Robin Tunney's um, yeah. like help maid or whatever she is, uh, starts like fucking up, starts like throwing people around the rooms. Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, "Jesus, Madge, what the fuck?" Yeah, that's really fun. There's a part in it that 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 rips off Seven directly, where the cops go up to a person who's like fucked up, looking right. passed out, and then they put their face right up to him, and he goes, <laughs> and like wakes up. It's exactly like the scene in, um, in Seven. I got the whole thing about. I got a bunch of these written down that I think are fun. Oh, well, you go ahead. Well, let's see. Let's start at the top here. What did I have written down? Well. There's the part where Gabriel Byrne is giving his speech, and he's like, something good happens, it's his will. Something bad happens, he moves in mysterious ways. Yeah. It's true. Oh, one thing we forgot to point out before I go any further is that Kevin Pollock's character's name is almost as good as Arnold's. Do you know what it is? You remember what it is? Mm -mm. Bobby Chicago. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) That fucking rules. I know. I know. Bobby Chicago. Uh, And, yeah, he has You'll Be Amazed What You Greet You When You're On Fire. Um uh, there was a part where the, one of the priests says to Arnold, "Like we're not afraid to die for our cause." He's like, "Good, because I'm not afraid to kill you." Yeah, which is pretty good. That's um, I like that one pretty good. Uh, I think you're a fucking choir boy compared to me. There's a part where he's like going into the tunnels, and like this old this old man like sniffs him, and he's like, "You have <laughs> you have vengeance and evil in your heart." You may pass. This is pretty funny shit. <laughs> pretty funny shit. This is his banter with another cop. Just another more more clunky banter. Yeah. You look like you've been hit by a truck. The truck missed me. <laughs> You're like ah. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got uh, we've got the part where he's talking to the priest. And he's like, "Between your faith and my Glock nine millimeter, I'll take my Glock." Nice. It's nice. about, it's about the best line in the movie. Uh, That's what we're he's dealing ta- with here. He's talking to Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger is like, uh, you think you've seen everything? There's a whole world out there. You know, shit like that. And Jericho goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, I've seen a lot. Nothing that would make me cut out my tongue. And he's like, wait a few days. Yeah, so, whoa. Okay. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Pollock goes, uh, sometimes sometimes you border on competent. <laughs> and he's like, I know it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> uh, God, there's so many good ones. Oh, some of these aren't, aren't so awesome, but uh, let's see. <laughs> Where was God? He could have stopped it. Instead, he fucked you and made you feel guilty. Yeesh. Me, I don't do guilt. So funny. He's Satan. He's a, he's evil. He's yeah, a jerk. it's good stuff. That's about it. All right. Um, I got one. Oh, oh yeah. Someone was dead in a hot tub. I don't remember what happened. Right. And and uh, someone goes eight jets, variable speeds. That's what I call dying in style. <laughs> it's like why are you saying? It's like, it was like one of the cops investigating the death. Yeah. That's what I call dying. Oh, there's there, there is a part where he throws Satan out of a window and goes "fuck you," which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, Kevin Pollock at one point goes, uh, "I didn't know you knew where a library was." Uh, and then I think Besties. he has one last one at the end. 
Yeah, where they like they go into a place and there's like a bunch of fucking Satan shit painted like scrawled all over the walls in blood, and he goes, "I don't think this is paint." <laughs> it's just like classic, dirty, like shitty cop movie dialogue. Uh, Kevin Paul, yeah, Kevin Pollock at one point, point is reading a Bible quote that says, "Like the millennium has come to a close." Twenty-seven. He's like, "Oh, it goes, ends in a football a, score." It ends in a football score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the funny one, oh, and I got a goatee, man. so I'm Butch. This is a, it's just it's just uh, misguided in every way. Love Sounds it. like a football score. What kind of <laughs> <laughs> Satan's freak? Satan's freak. Blongs in the zoo. Blongs in the zoo. Swa. Uh, ratings. Yep. Let's I'm gonna, see ratings. I'm going to give this three Juds. Uh, Damn. It's not good, but I will I will be watching this again someday. Like, I, I enjoy it. It's too silly for me to have turned down. Arnold emoting is very funny to me. Like, I've already said all the things I like about this. I think it has some good action scenes, some terrible action scenes. It's just, uh, this is endlessly amusing to me. I will never get tired of this very, very stupid movie. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half Douglases. You get some Robin Tunney toplessness. Uh, Do you? For a second, she takes her top off when she's, she comes uh, in from a workout and changes her clothes. Oh, shit. It's like one brief shot. Uh, and uh, the weird uh, oh, Satan's, the sex scene. The Satan yeah. sex scene, the make there out is, at the beginning. There is nudity in that, and that is like a mother and daughter making out and uh-huh, stuff. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's like hell perverse, man. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he's going to fuck you, Christine. That repeated over and over again. So I'm gonna, two and a half Douglases, like yeah, right down the middle. Yeah, that's actually right, yeah. And I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 breakfast blenders yeah. extraordinaire mm-hmm, or whatever you want to call that thing. Um, yeah, 10 out of those. Yum. It's a burnout cop blender breakfast. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it one and a half. Uh, I don't think it's particularly worse than Stigmata, but it breaks my heart. Which And Stigmata stays the course the whole it's It is what it is the whole way through. And this movie makes me think that I'm going to have fun and then takes it away from me. Right. And that I do not forgive. Right. That irritates Country me. and Western music, which you cannot abide. I cannot abide it. It was like a 20-minute period where I was like, here we go. Oh, no. So that so that you broke my heart. Schwarzenegger's terrible in it. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it two and a half Douglases for for all the yeah so, yeah. Just, I would honestly give it a two and a half just for that one sex scene yeah, alone yeah. where you're just sort of like, Gah. yeah. God, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, yeah, you did the blender thing. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Cut off tongues. Oh, nice. I like that. All right. Okay, I'm going to give it uh, two and a half Juds. Uh, because I didn't like this movie really, but there was stuff in it that I did like. I like when the guy was like pinned up in the ceiling. I like the shattering dude on the subway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, cool. th- yeah, there's just some goofy shit in there I liked that, you know, and it was paced out appropriately so that every time I thought I wasn't going to like it, something happened and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then I'm going to give it two Douglases for all the same reasons you guys said. Um, but it wasn't uh, mostly because of the sex scene with the morphing bodies. Yeah, that was really hot. That was really That's hot. That's one of the hottest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And then you guys took literally both of the things that I was gonna do. So uh, I am going to flaming Pollux. <laughs> Pollock goatees, Butch yeah. Pollock goatees. Mm, yeah, what are you gonna do? I am going to do. I'm going to give it one. Uh, Cobra Baby. Excellent. Hey, there we go. Very good. I was once a man. <laughs> That's a Cobra Baby. Anyway. That's what they said. Like. Cobra Baby is going to cut oh. his pizza up with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> cuts his baby food up with scissors. Okay, so <laughs> the next and final film is a movie that I don't remember at all, even though I watched it a few days ago. It's this movie, news. 
I gotta tell you, this movie totally exists. Uh, I mean, it it must exist. I have seen it before. Was it a dream? It's a movie that they made and finished and even maybe released in theaters. 2000's Lost Souls. I'm going in with you. You wouldn't last five minutes. Just open the door. into the mind of a serial killer to foresee the future. Satan will assume human form. I know who he is. Peter Kelson. Are you familiar with the murder case of Henry Birds? Yes, what's that got to do with you? At his exorcism, Birdson boasted that Satan is about to take over the body of a man. You need proof. Directed by Janice Kaminsky, Spielberg's cinematographer since, I believe, Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Yeah. C- cinematographer of Schindler's List and Cool as Ice. Yes, also as Cool as well Ice. know. Yeah. One of my least favorite cinematographers. Yeah, you don't like him, and I know there's a, like, a strong contingent of uh, cinephiles that believe that Kaminsky's effects on Spielberg's work has been largely deleterious. I'm not one of them, but sometimes I wish that he'd get somebody else every now and then. Well, this movie looks like I, shit. Looks, this movie Schindler's does Schindler's look like shit. Looks great, so maybe he just needs to shoot in black and white or something, I don't know. With this, a pop of red. Yeah, and he didn't do the cinematography for this, but I mean, it looks, the no, stuff that didn't. sucks about the cinematography is what I think sucks about Yanis Kaminsky's cinematography. Right. So. Now, this was, shot, this was shot by Mauro Fiore, who won an Oscar for Avatar. That's right. <laughs> That's some big names for a movie that looks like utter dog shit. Yeah. It's really weird. Like that. There's nothing particularly good about this movie, but I think it that the fact that it looks so bad is bad. the worst part of and it. And like I was telling you, Travis, earlier, I usually, you know, I notice when things are dark, but this like bothered me for throughout well, the yeah. entire runtime. I was like, it looks, it's like very dark brownish, and it's very contrasty. It's like mm-hmm. it reminded me of like MySpace photos when you would like. I mean, Zoom in or you would like turn up the contrast and like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, make it like look really like edgy and like cool. And I feel like it was try. I feel like it didn't look bad on accident. I feel like they thought it looked good, which right. made it worse. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. And yeah, it seems like they timed the. They did a whole digital intermediate on this to make it look that way, and it looks like shit. It's a movie that yeah. defies you to keep watching it, which is worse like, than it just looking bad because you. they fucked up the lighting. Or right. Whatever. Well, I mean, it dares you. To, it also dares you to keep watching it because I don't really think that anything happens in the plot. <laughs> just like, very like standard stuff. They're investigating that this guy might be about to be possessed by the devil. They think he's going to turn into the devil on his 33rd birthday, which was also the year Whoa. that Jesus died. We all know right. that. And uh, and that's like kind of it. And Winona, I mean... I don't even remember what happens at the end. But f- Oh, I'd very much remember that. Okay. But Ben Chaplin is... Pretty gorgeous to look at ben this movie. Chaplin. Doing his worst Ewan McGregor accent. <laughs> very bad. American he's a accent. very, very attractive guy. I sure. think. He, I think. I spent the whole movie thinking he looked a lot like uh, Dermot McMurray from The Trigger Effect. I, I don't think he looked. <laughs> I. I didn't see that. I thought. I don't know. He was. Yeah, he's Timmy, a very pretty Timmy guy. Timmy Toontown versus Dermot McDermott. <laughs> we also have Philip Baker Hall in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PBH. PBH. John Hurt. 
John Hurt. Winona, uh, Winona Rai Rai. I don't, I don't know if it was by because of when he was available or whatever, but John Hurt's like in the beginning and the very end. Mm-hmm. He's like in, and then he's like, I've got to go. I, I seemed to I remember this movie sitting on the shelf for a while and then maybe even being heavily reshot, but I could find no evidence of that. It's It all, it all reeks of that because it's yeah. such a nothing of a movie. Uh, one, I think one of the interesting, I don't think it's good, but one of the interesting things about it is that Winona Ryder makes no effort to play her character as not insane. Right. It adds like a weird a ripple to it. Cause, like, well, she in the, has in the frenzied Winona Ryder thing that she just does, kind yes. of, and mm-hmm. it's just there like it's a little wild-eyed and a little like, oh, this is happening. I kept wishing she was going to do anything. You know, like they should like they should have let her do like a Natasha Badenov like Natasha Vital accent, you know, like oh, oh they, yeah, the the demons that are coming, you know, so, like why, anything, why not? you know, because like because there's like it's so boring, and They're, I don't even get her vibe, job slash mission. I don't, I know she's very religious and like she's just a part of things, but it's like, wh- like lady, what? Where are your credentials here? Like, why are we <laughs> supposed to be listening to you? Yeah, she, John she, Hurt, went, she went to Hollywood Upstairs Bible College. Yeah, John Hurt refers to her as like the secular member of their team. This is a secular one of our team. And uh, and it's like she's still just as Bible thumpy as anybody else. Yeah, she's just not I officially believe in part things of the like church. Christ and the devil and stuff, and that's all I can ca- talk about. And you're like, she's the secular one. But also, it's like, why are you qualified to be doing any of this? Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. What are you and doing? They're, they're so vague about when they because when they uh, in normal times these guys just go around doing exorcisms on people. It's the the team, the yeah. squad. Yeah. John Hurt, Winona Ryder. This uh, uh, um, uh, who's the other guy? <laughs> There's other famous people well, I don't in, remember. Their, in their squad. Well, sir, I mean, I remember Sarah Winters in. Oh, it's Elias Coteus. Elias Coteus with yeah. a wig. Elias Coteus with one hair. Of, one of John. One of Jack Bauer's girlfriends is is in this too. Sarah Winters. <laughs> yes. But they're but they're like a squad who goes around doing yeah. exorcists. But every time that they do an exorcism, like the movie, like looks away, and uh-huh. you only see like arty music video looking flash flashes of what the exorcism looks like, which is generally just a guy like screaming and choking someone as lights like flicker on and off. And it looks like shit. Stuff. There's like there's a, an exorcism that happens towards the end that I think is supposed to be a climactic scene or whatever, and it looks like a second-rate music video for like a shitty band, like who, a shitty metal band or something. Who does Alfred Woodard play? Uh, she's like the boss at the church or at the uh, hospital. Oh right. Yeah, and she doesn't believe in any of this mumbo jumbo, but she still lets him in anyways. This to do this exorcisms. movie reminded me. I don't and I don't like these films either. Like I think that they're shitty too. But all of those Conjuring movies, right? Yeah. If you took anything that's fun in those out, you'd have this. Those are also very yeah. like drably filmed, like color wise and everything. Right. And I I find fun in those movies. I I, I enjoy well, those them, movies have like set pieces where like ghosts and shit happen. Yeah. This does not. Yeah, exactly. But it's similar vibes. Like the scene. There's that scene where she goes into the bathroom in this, and like the the bathroom turns spooky. Yeah, it looks like si- it turns into Silent Hill. And you're like, uh, that's not very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, cracks is, form in the walls. Is that, like, all, is that all you got? And then actually Janice Kaminsky toilet. comes onto the movie and goes, that's all we've got. That's all we got. That's <laughs> all we're doing here. And Winona Ryder. It, but Renota, Winona Ryder, in the world of this movie, this is, again, in this movie, Satan and God exist. This And this stuff really is happening. But, like, Winona Ryder's job is to, like, go up to 
uh, Ben Chaplin and go like, "You're uh, you're gonna turn into Satan <laughs> on the, the exact moment of your birthday if and you he's like, let, if you don't let us help you." It's like my birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and my birthday's tomorrow. But it's like this is important stuff. But she like shows up and is like, um, ha. She's like wild eyed and like seems completely she's, nuts. She's Winona. Like hard. there's no way you wouldn't like if you were anybody and this lady came in and started being this crazy at you that you would just be like, "Can you please see yourself out? You're scaring me a little." Or bit. like, please like say why you. You are qualified to be this crazy at me right now. Like she just comes in. Why should I be listening to you, woman? She just walks in and is crazy. Yeah, it always frustrates me when Ryder is bad in a movie like this or in anything. Really, I love her. I love her. Yeah, like I still think that she's awesome. Yeah, me too. Even on uh, that shitty show, Stranger Things, like she's. I still love seeing her. Yeah, no, she's great. So like, it always bums me out when I can't enjoy her performance. Right. Um. Yes. There's lots of like good and evil. Like. You think it's you think everything's just as simple as good versus evil? Yes, as yes, a matter of fact, fine. I do. Uh, this like all these movies are really stupid. Yeah, you know, there's sort of just like, nothing going on here. I mean, the 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 plot barely has any incidents. No, that's what I was gonna say. We it, it may seem like we haven't gone into the plot because they're not there. Really, isn't that much? It's just her trying to be like conv- trying to convince Philip Baker or not Philip, trying to convince Ben Chaplin that he's going to become the devil and then he's kind of like, like the whole thing until he's finally like okay and then they like end the movie yeah yeah well he, he also like there's been a conspiracy it's very similar to robin tony he's been groomed to be this way right since he was a kid and like basically everybody in his life um has has been working towards this end goal of him becoming satan in a rosemary's baby or any other movie of this nature right, sort of yeah. thing uh so philip baker hall who is interestingly i suppose a priest mm-hmm. or, or a minister or something like that but he's one of those he's one of those cool mm. ministers who's just yeah. sort of like hey your, your relationship with with christ is whatever you want uh, man. also it's i used to be chill. the bass player for the pretenders I'll see, yeah, he's exactly <laughs> the dean from the, from <laughs> that the simpsons, simpsons episode yeah. but for god he's like hey man however you feel christ is is cool with me man yeah. and uh and, but you get like these ominous rumblings cuz he's with this th- th- this is like his adopted family of course his mom and his mother and father are dead uh, and and there's like you see you see him hanging out at the dinner table with PBH and and these this other coterie of family mm-hmm, members, mm-hmm. and at one point uh, Elias Cateus has gone off the reservation from the uh, exorcism squad to decide he's just going to kill this guy. Uh, he has a, a, a disagreement with Renona Ryder, who's like, I think that we can we can help him, yeah, and we can and, prevent and, it. and then we can save a life and prevent it from happening. Cateus is like, I don't believe we can make it happen. I've just got to kill him, and there our problems go away. So he goes to him at one of their hoity-toity bourgeois parties mm-hmm. where everybody's in their ivory tower and saying they're, they're sipping wine and listening to fancy music absolutely <laughs> they're a bunch of snobs and, yeah. you, and we hate them because they're not the salt of the earth and Elias Cateus goes up to, to kill them and he just can't do it in the last minute he can't pull the trigger because yeah. he's a good good man and then uh, one of and then um, Ben Chaplin's like cousin or like one of his one of <laughs> Philip Baker Hall's friends one of his demon one people. of his buddies yeah. <laughs> grabs he Elias Cateus and neck. snaps his neck and yeah. you're like that's a weird thing that for was a normal jarring. person to do. That was jarring. Shouldn't that come to the, shouldn't right. crash the party. Because you, you're just expecting him to restrain him. Like, don't, don't go killing my friend. I don't know. If, any, if anyone ever tries to, like, come at one of my friends, I immediately snap their neck. Just yeah. snap their no neck. No one fucking come after me and my friends. Emily goes into beast mode. <laughs> I do. I go fucking goblin mode. <laughs> it's really easy to snap someone's neck. <laughs> no, they're like jello. It's like taking the lid off of a, a two liter of soda or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just got to squeeze kind of hard. It's that's pretty all. easy. 
but but that's but that's run pretty them, wild. First, you run them under cold water and just turn sometimes it. you tap them with a butter knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes this is the worst is when you can't you can't snap the neck, so you have someone else do it. You but the, that just means you loosened it up. You, you yeah, loosened yeah. it up for them. I loosened up right. the neck. <laughs> you ever have to? You ever have to like pop the top and like sacrifice the lid just to get it open because the vacuum seal fine. Just put it in Tupperware. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool bit. Good, <laughs> this is pretty good, good. Good bit. Pretty good. <laughs> One of our better bits. Not bad. Um, but yeah, but but it's really funny how how little Ben Chaplin interrogates this part where like his 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 buddy that he's known his whole life snaps a person's neck in front of him without thinking about it either. Well, his like, well Charlie Chaplin <laughs> used to do that all the time too. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, probably. Um, uh, but but like but of course that guy's part of the whole like the whole church that PBH actually runs the Chill Church yeah. is actually like they're all Pe- peanut butter and hall peanut but yeah exactly <laughs> they're actually all Satan-y people yeah and uh, and then of course his girlfriend who is a person I, I believe that's I Sarah is that Sarah Winter she is a person. from twenty four Winter um, but uh, Walter White's uh, wife. Uh, Anna Gunn. Yeah, Anna Gunn is a reporter in this. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his his wife, who or his girlfriend or wife, whoever she is, is also in on it, of course. And she's uh, in one of the one of the slightly moderate, modestly successful by this movie terms scenes. Like uh, one owner has told him that there's a pentagram has been placed somewhere near his bed, and he goes looking around, can't fi- can't find it. At a certain point, remembers that he saw his girlfriend. In the the floor below, right? What was she doing down there? That's kind of weird. Finds these keys behind her picture, goes down there into the apartment, and eventually like knocks all of the the ceiling panels off and sees a big pentagram that was right underneath his bed. Whoa! Uh-oh. It's probably the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just sort of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's quite bad. <laughs> oh yeah, it's quite <laughs> well, bad. Well, that would do it, I guess. Okay, that would <clears> do it. And then there's a and then there's a very another another piece of perfunctory violence where, uh, where there's like a standoff between Winona Ryder and his girl and his girlfriend. Oh, He's right. like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then Winona Ryder and then she like pulls a gun and Winona Ryder just kills her immediately. It's <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, deadly the deadly Vatican assassination squad like CSI version of this thing is just not working. It's it's all pretty tepid stuff. The first third is all Winona Ryder trying to convince this guy. The mi- middle third is him kind of being convinced, and the third third is he has been convinced. And like, what can we do about yeah. it? I, I think the idea of like an NCIS for for the for the Bible for for like demonic possession and stuff could be like a cool CBS show. I'm, I'm, it has but, to have been, been this, done already. This is not what this this not what this movie is. No, uh, there is a scene with a little girl who gets all creepy and says Jesus is dead. That oh, that yeah. happens. Ooh, that would shake me up <laughs> to that hear happens. to hear a fact, an obvious fact like Jesus that. Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. <laughs> Bad things happen to good people sometimes. Yeah, she. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna miss the bus, Travis. <laughs> There's not much to highlight here in this movie at all. Yes, is it at least short? I think it's at least an hour and a half. It's I think like, it is an hour and a half. It was like 95 minutes yes. or something like that. At the very least, it's not overly long. It took me like two hours to watch, though, because the stream that I was using like broke down. Like that Amazon stream broke down in the middle. Ugh. I was like, I paid $3 for this. It was too boring for the stream. Yeah, the stream was like, like, we can't do this. So it took me like, I had to stay up an extra half hour to finish this movie. <laughs> God, this you know, rough stuff. It Damn. really, it really was annoying because I was like, it was like an hour into the movie, and I was like, oh, at least it's gonna be over soon because I gotta walk this dog, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then it was like, then it just froze for a half an hour, and I'm like, I guess I'll walk the dog now. I, I don't know. 
It was really, it was, it was kind of like the little girl telling me Jesus is dead. It's like, yeah, I know. It doesn't, I'm mad, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very scary. Very scary indeed. Yeah. Um, yes, very good rap. I think that in the best, the best case scenario for this movie, they thought that they were making a real low to the, like close to the ground. You've gritty. used that term before. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> it really is. Close to the ground. Yeah. Uh, I'm using it in a different context in this case. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> close to the ground means means living kind of like uh, hand to mouth, which is all is also a thing. Um, but like in, in this one, it's, it's I'm watching it's Emily's face. Whatever you're saying is not happening in my brain right now. I'm just watching Emily try to process the nonsense <laughs> that you just said. Do you do you mean like uh, like realistic, gritty, I, I, gritty, realistic, but, but but more of like a drama where it turns out that the revelations are like mystical in nature, sort of thing. Mm, low it, it think, to the this, ground. This movie thinks that close the, to the ground. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. That's also a real that's thing. not what that means though. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> As right. I, I write salt of the earth and then fucking cross it out on my notebook. Salt of the earth means, Mo- moving, means like, moving uh, on. like a farmer or something. Yeah, moving, moving so on. it's close to the ground. No, no we're, I, we don't need it. I don't, this is too much. It's too much. Let's not give this movie enough credit. We don't need it to stir up this kind of controversy. Yeah. We don't need to. Okay. All right. But it, but it, but it thinks <laughs> don't it enable thinks the movie. It, it thinks it's going to get by on the strength of its performances and and like writing right. and the revelations and stuff. But it and does, it's, it's and it's, it's not. obsequious look. <laughs> I Just guess very they, they did it on purpose because they, th- they apparently thought it was, cool. was going to be cool. Yeah. It's not. But it's, it doesn't get by on any of those things. So in the end, it has nothing. That's it not. doesn't have like cool set pieces or no. or action or scares <laughs> or anything. Not at all. It's pretty nuts. And just the way that it ends, kind of some, like the way that it ends, kind of sums up like what maybe what I think that they they think that they're doing with yeah. this sort of thing, where it just ends up with Winona Ryder and and Ben Chaplin, um, in a car, they're in they're in a car parked, and and it's like they're waiting for the the it's four fifty four is the moment of his birth, and hence when he'll be taken over by Satan, and they and they killed Philip Baker Hall, and they fleed his congregation of Satan worshippers, and she's ready, she has a gun at him. Yes, they've killed they've killed his his evil girlfriend as well, and and now all those avenues have closed off. John Hurt also at one point goes like, "Ah, eh, forget about it. Uh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it." And it's like, "Oh, Satan's got him too." And he's like, "Ah!" And then they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they can't count on like John Hurt. To, nobody can save them now, and so it's just her and uh, Ben Chaplin in the car, and and he and he's like fully convinced at this point. He's like, oh, "I don't want to become Satan." Uh, and I, then, don't wanna I don't want to be I don't want to be called Satan. I'm an American. Yeah. And uh, and they're watching the clock, on the the, the car clock, and uh, and then he's oh boy oh no but you know what to do if it does happen, and then he goes like, okay and it go and the clock goes four fifty four, and he goes. Nothing's happening. I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. And, and she's she like, him. really? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's totally me. I, no, I, I made it through. No, trust me. Everything is fine. Everything that we were worried about didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. So we can get married or whatever. <laughs> and then and then she and she's like, really? Oh, that would be nice. And then she looks at the clock, and the clock flickers from 454 to 666. And, she, and then she looks back at him, and he, like, smiles. He's got that devilish gleam like, in his eyes. Because it's like, and she just shoots him in the head. The end. <sighs> that sucked. It's the end of the movie. Just yeah. stupid. I don't, thought, but, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again. thought that this scene in the car was going to be a real powerful gut punch or something like that. But none of this stuff. But all of this stuff I is very silly. For, him. for the character, for Ben Chaplin, or just Ben Chaplin in general, <laughs> for the character. Oh, okay. Yeah, it sucks to be. I guess for him in general too. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm glad we're done talking about it. Oh, <laughs> that was that felt like three hours itself yeah. talking about this movie with nothing to talk about. Awful film. That's what happens. What if I told you that I believe in God and the devil and I know that they exist? Well, I'd ask you to leave, please. <laughs> uh, I would simply not. <laughs> uh, let's see if there's... I'm just trying to see... Men will turn into Satan rather than go to therapy. <laughs> there's blood... Uh, stuff is, involves blood types. You're oh, that whole thing. Where you can't be O positive. What was it? A, B, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're watching this shit going, come on. There's a there's a part in it where uh, Ben Chaplin goes into a church. This is pretty funny, actually, uh, even though, well, he goes into a church, and this is when he's f- finally been convinced that, that this stuff really is happening to him. And he looks up at this big crucifix of Jesus, and he's like, please, Jesus, help me. Please help me, Father Jesus. I love you now. Now I'm not uh, atheist. I believe in you. And then like this flash happens, and it like comes uh, uncoupled from the top, and the Jesus swings down. That would be so scary. Like in Spider-Man. Real life. Yeah. And then they're like, then they they're kiss. like face to face, like the kiss, kiss in Spider-Man, and, Je- and he's just looking right at Jesus. And then it just like cuts away to something else. They're like, well, I guess then he left. That would be so scary. <laughs> it's very, it's very silly. Uh, he was born of incest. There's stuff about his blood type, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. Your notes I'm here. trying to find any kind of good lines yeah, here. There's, there's nothing. nothing left. Jesus is dead is the only line I wrote down. This is this is what he says to Philip Baker Hall. You killed my parents. How could you? <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's all I got, though. Uh, ratings. Uh, one Judd. Mm-hmm. That's generous. Half, I'm gonna give it a half a judge. Fuck Ooh, it. I'm giving it a half a judge. It doesn't. I barely remember anything that happened in it because nothing happened in it. It's boring. It's ugly. It's a waste of plenty of good, talented people. And uh, yeah, it's just there's, it's totally useless. The only person who's particularly good in it is Philip Baker Hall, which and he's always good. Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah, who cares? Um. No. Matt's no, just falling asleep. No Douglases, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I don't, no, think, so. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I can't remember anything. Uh, and I'm going to give it... Uh, fuck, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 rubber-necked Elias Coteuses. <laughs> <laughs> Snappy snap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Um, I can't think of any reason to give it a higher rating oh, than gosh. I should. It's really... <laughs> we summed it up. I mean... <laughs> the story is inert, and it looks like shit, and the performances are bad. I mean, those are the things. On the script, those yeah. are the things that constitute a movie. Yeah, and they're all bad. They're all bad. They're all bad. Yeah, they were all bad. Uh, <laughs> too bad. This sort of stuff happens sometimes, and you're always like, boy, people in Hollywood really just don't know what the fuck they're doing, do they? Yeah. Anytime that mo- a good movie is made, it's just blind luck. Pure luck. Feels like. Yeah. Uh, uh, zero Douglases. There's nothing, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Spider-Man Jesuses. Oh yeah. Oh, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is hard. Well, I'm giving it uh, one. One Judd. Wow. A rave. I mean, yeah. I. It was a. It was a movie that I watched. <laughs> it was a movie that I watched. It I wasn't like over long. I like Winona Ryder, even when she's bad. I'm like, it's Winona. It's fine. Um, and like Ben Chaplin Why was gorgeous forever. to look at, um, even in this shit cinematography. Um, I'm giving it zero doggies and fuck. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it 
uh, five out of five fancy neck snap and dinner galas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where people say snobby things. Yeah. Where people sip wine and listen to fancy music. Fancy music. music. <laughs> Great. Well, we did it. That was our 100th episode, you guys. Oh, I forgot that was the 100th episode. Yeah, episode 100 is in the can. Happy hundo. In the industry, they call it the can. In the can. They call, they call everything. everything cans. Yes. They call everything cans so in the put, industry. Put, put, industry put, put us in your can. Put us in your cans. <laughs> put this can in your cans. And uh, and next time, we'll, well, we have a big November ahead of us, but our next full episode will be the beginning of Tony Vember. We're starting off our new hundred in style. Tony Vember. Tony and we're, Vember. Our first episode is going to be Tony Scott's film Revenge, mm-hmm. Tony Scott's film The Last Boy Scout, <laughs> and Tony Scott's <laughs> film Enemy of the State. Jesus Christ! And I believe at the at uh, the by the time this comes out, the Avatar Patreon will have been released because that comes out a week from. Yep, that sounds right. This week, as we record this, but the next two Patreons following that for Tony Vember will be uh, True Romance and Crimson Tide. And Kevin Clark will be joining us for those Patreons. And this will be my first Patreon debut. Yes, That's right. So that is be correct. sure to join our Patreon if you haven't already. Yes. And uh, you'll get a lot of good stuff over there. So tell all your friends. Those episodes are going to be a real treat. Those they, will be fun. They That's going to be very are. fun. All four of us. Can you imagine? In the same room together, no Yeah. I, I mean, I would pay 450 or whatever the fuck for that, you know? Four and a half dollars. Worth it. We should start charging more just for those episodes. I agree. Should raise it to 15 bucks. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. They're worth <laughs> That's it. That's very reasonable. They're worth We're it. We're not going to do that. <laughs> no, four fifty. It's a steal of a deal. You'll get to listen to all four of us. Yeah. So uh, go. For we that. should, but we won't because we are Christ-like in nature. Oh yeah, magnanimous. You, you are fault. especially. Me, I'm the most Christ-like of the three of you us. We can all saintly. agree. When my I'm grandfather died, the priest uh, at the service compared my grandfather to Christ, and that I man. Thought, I thought you were gonna <laughs> say they compared him to Travis. They compared him to Christ. That man. <laughs> that man did not know my grandfather. He was like I'll Christ. Say. They both died. They both died. They both like to take their grandson <laughs> had, to the gentleman's club. They had club. brown hair, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, Christ was a carpenter. Christ, this guy tooled around in his shop. Sometimes. Christ also gave his grandson some Manhattan occasionally. <laughs> um, Christ yeah. was a cool. Christ had a CB in his van. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was a Christ Christ band, <laughs> Christ band uh, radio. Uh, uh, well, that's we hope, it. We hope he didn't scare you guys too much with this episode. Ooh. Hope you had a happy Halloween. Hope I had a happy birthday. Yeah, I think you did. My guess is that you did. Okay, that's my prediction for you. Yeah, I don't have any plans. I know Jill's taking me out to dinner. That's all I know. What day is it? The fourth? Uh, the second. second. Wednesday the second. Mm. Okay. Good okay. times. Everybody, accost Matt on the street and mm. tell him happy birthday. <laughs> you yeah. see him. Don't don't scare my dog. Don't scare his dog though. Yeah. All right, well, that's it. We that's made it. it. Uh, until next time, the suspense is fucking killing us, man. Goodbye. Bye bye. We love you. Ooh. Bye. bye. <laughs>